Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Yes, hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman, can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up? Fran, we are fresh off a big week. I know it was yeah. a big week in your household because that new Bad Bunny dropped. Let's give it up. I know it was going. I know it was going up, up, up in your house. No, it wasn't. It was flying. You know, it was that bad bunny. No, no. This wasn't a celebration. On your no, 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 no. Okay. Well, uh, I, why would it be a celebration? Because that new bad bunny, he hit the streets. No, but why would it be a celebration at my house? What What are you implying? Come on, man. Need I <laughs> Need I say more? What? Siempre. <laughs> well, what is, what is he? His, uh, he's Puerto Rican, though, right? Yeah, but it's turn up music. No, we wasn't. We wasn't listening, man. <laughs> we wasn't listening to that. Okay, well, if you so so y'all had Thanksgiving. Yes, we so did. It's one time for yeah, Thanksgiving, yeah, yeah, family yeah. celebrations uh-huh. or whatever. You do a small gathering or small you, gathering. Yes. Okay, so y'all weren't listening to Bad Bunny on top no. of the Thanksgiving celebrations. No. Okay, well then. No. Okay, well then. Let's just let's just talk about Thanksgiving. Okay, so your week wasn't as exciting as I thought it was. Then <laughs> we'll just talk about the other thing that happened this week, which was Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. How was your Thanksgiving, Fran? My Thanksgiving was fine. It's been a uh, a weird week this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just first want to throw out. Um, I want to send my condolences to the Davis family. Um, Dirk Davis, as you know, his mom passed away. No. Uh, when, I think it was Thanksgiving night, I believe. What? Yeah, his mom passed away. Um, my dad told me, so I called him and talked to him. Um, wow. Yeah, so I just want to send my condolences out to him. Dirk man. was like, is a good friend of ours. I'm a little closer yeah, to him. He's like told a. That off air, man. Yeah, God, he was like man. a. Uh, uh, a big brother to me still is we still communicate um sure. i actually want to see him after we finish recording today is he in town yes he is in town um Damn. but i am uh, i just want to put that out there i think i, I think he listens to the podcast it, either he listens or his wife listens wanted to listen either way um, whether they i just want to yeah i just want to send my condolences to him and his family but um so other than that my week's been fine that was some pretty rough news yeah um to hear Damn. but yeah but other than that what um year, man Goddamn. yeah yeah, uh, it's been crazy. Other than that, my Thanksgiving was it was it was great. I got to see some hang with some family, mostly um, my Hispanic side of the family. Sure, that's why. I, that's why. That's why I <laughs> no, we Bad wasn't Bunny listening was to uh, Bad Bunny. No, we wasn't okay. listening to that. Um, but it it was it was good. It was good. How, how about yours? Um, this was this was a 
I enjoyed my Thanksgiving. I spent none of my family did the big Thanksgivings. You know, yeah, black people, yeah, you yeah. know, it's fifty at a house, thirty at a house. Yeah. The, the cousins come through. It's a different years. Basketball years. played and all this, all that stuff. Yeah, but then none of that was happening. And my family, in particular, this is Thanksgiving is when we pick the recipes that we're going to do for the Christmas Bake Off, mm. where we have a cook off, and I'm usually a judge at that. Okay. So I'm assuming that's not going to happen either. Yeah. So um, I spent this Thanksgiving with my, you know, my mom was sick. Yeah. So she had to quarantine, so I didn't get to see my mom. Um, I spent time with my other mom, Sierra's mom, mm-hmm. and um, her stepdad and um, her sister slash my sister, uh, and we had a good time, right? Yeah. Now, I didn't... Now, unfortunately... Now, they, as far as white people go, Chris can throw down. Mm-hmm. She, she can get down. Her mm-hmm. food is delicious. I have no complaints about her food. But sweet potato casserole is not yams, mm. right? You know, there was no baked macaroni and cheese at this Thanksgiving. What? Function. Yeah. So so there was some things that and also just 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 black people Thanksgiving stuff. I just yeah. it just it was a little bittersweet. Like, I'm glad I got to have a good time with some family and have a good time. But there was no like, y'all better get out of my kitchen and all this. You know, the food will be ready. You know, food dinner was at six thirty and it was at six thirty. Yeah. You know, Thanksgiving. Typically, when I go to Thanksgiving, you show up at four. We don't eat till like seven. Yeah. You know, everybody, all the dudes are in the basement watching the games. Dang, yeah. The, yeah. All of that kind of energy was missing for me this year. So it was a little bittersweet, but I fully understand why it had to be that way. But that doesn't make it not a little sad. Yeah. Now, I had some great food. I love green bean casserole. A lot of casseroles. Green bean casserole. Love it. You had no, no, no candy yams. No candy yams. They do sweet potato casserole, which is, it was good. You know, it ain't candy yams. It's not candy yams. Yeah. I like for my yams to, you while you're eating, you go, oh, this is not good for me. Yeah. Like it's so sweet. This is like a dessert, but you got it next to the savory and the turkey, turkey and the and the, and the gravy. <laughs> yeah. This should be. I should. This this should be separate. This is basically sweet potato pie. Yeah. On a plate. Yeah. With the you know as a side dish. It's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, sweet potato casserole tastes healthy. Okay. It tastes like the right thing you're supposed to do with the sweet potatoes. I don't want the right thing. That's to not be the going. fun part of doing Thanksgiving at all. I like the I like the yams to be candied. Yeah, the thick syrup and the sugar and the yep. brown sugar, all that, mm. and it's in the slices. Yeah, so you take a slice. It's almost like a slice of cake. Boom, because they slice the yams like long ways and thick ways, like to potato wedges. Yeah, and you take just like yeah, give me two yams. Yeah, this was like you get a scoop of yams. Mm. It, I want the option of being like, give me uh, three of the yams. <laughs> yeah. I want them in pieces of cake, basically. Uh, so um, I was missing those kind of things. And just just being around my family, my culture, my people for Thanksgiving was a bittersweet thing to not have. Listening to old pe- people tell stories mm-hmm. and laugh and play cards. And that was missing. Yeah. But I still had a good time. I got to be with some family and not be alone. Because that Wednesday is really, this was a year where you go, you know, I didn't have, I didn't plan out. A, you know, I, you know, I go all out when it's Thanksgiving. I'm like, what am I wearing to the yeah, function? Yeah. I'm going to multiple houses. Yeah, it's usually a thing. I'm usually going to at least two or three houses, collecting my plates. Thanksgiving is <laughs> yeah. usually so. That Wednesday night was when it set in where I go, oh shit. Well, it's only I'm not. I'm only going to one place. Yeah. In the evening, I don't have anything to do all day. I'm not running over to my grandmother's house, to my aunt's house, and I'm not doing anything. So that was when it really sunk in. Was Wednesday night. But I'm glad that I was welcomed with open open arms to my extended family, and we had a great time and drank wine and 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 eggnog and all that kind of thing, and 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 it was good to just be around some family for Thanksgiving. But you miss the people you grew up celebrating Thanksgiving yeah. with. What bothers me is um, this is probably something that people don't like to think about, but 
that's not how my brain works. Okay. Um, oh, I can't the, thing, <laughs> the thing about this year is mm-hmm. um, how how things are now as far as you can't be with certain family members. Sure. It bothers me that you don't know how next year may go. Yeah. Meaning you no, don't that know. That's a good point. They may not be here. You, they might, and, and that's what that's what sucks. It's yeah. Like, this could be you know, the last 2020, one. It's like 2020 yeah. was like, could have been like that. It's it's weird. I know nobody, nobody's like like to think about stuff like that, but it's no. just like, it, it crosses your mind at some point. It's sure. like, it's no, just, definitely. I mean, I'm sure some people just, are thinking Yeah, it's just it. like. Christmas around the corner. Yeah, it's like, what a fucking, it's been, this is, I don't know, it's been, it's been a shitty year. It's, I mean, there's, <laughs> I, you know, I, not that I'm, not that I'm super bummed out about it, and this is not even the same thing. It's like possibly as being your grandmother's yeah, last yeah. Thanksgiving, but like my 10 year reunion was this year. You know, I would have liked to go into that. For high school? For high school. Yeah, oh. yeah I would have I would like to go into that. Yeah. And just come, just see how people have grown up, got kids and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it feels like it was just yesterday, but yeah. it, it's been 10 years. So that would have been nice to go to. People graduated college, didn't get to walk the stage. And, you know, yeah. a lot of firsts and a lot of lasts ruined. won't will yeah. ruin this year. Yeah. And they won't get to be celebrated properly. So that's a good point. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean with Derek, that's fucking, wow. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, it's fucking, that's, that's fucking tragic, man. So... It's just been a rough year, and I feel for people who didn't get to celebrate with their family. But what was funny was people putting up how frustrating it was to try to explain to their older aunts and grandparents like how Zoom works. Yeah, there are a lot of people putting up their text threads like, "So I have FaceTime. Can I just FaceTime into the Zoom with FaceTime?" They're like, "No, no, it's a different application. Yeah, and you got to download. I don't like to download stuff on my phone, so I'm just gonna call in with FaceTime." Uncle Daryl, that's not how that you can't do that. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, can you put Zoom on my phone from where you are? No, Uncle Daryl, I'm in another state, so I can't. I can't. I can't do stuff to your phone from where I am. Oh, okay. I thought you could maybe email, email the Zoom app to me. No, it just doesn't. That's not how it goes. So that frustration um, brought some levity to yeah. me. I mean, people just learn. All the people just learn how to use Facetime. So it's like, yeah, you can, that's a new you, thing. You're pushing it. Yeah. 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 Now you want me to do something else now? Uh, <laughs> so that there was a lot of things that brought levity to me over yeah, the yeah. weekend of Thanksgiving. None more so than uh, last night. We're talk, We're coming to you guys from a Sunday. Uh, last night, the Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. epic uh, showdown that I did not order, but I saw highlights of and one Nate Robinson. Yeah. A a modern marvel, I would say, friend. He really at a point in my life when I was young, I go, I could. I could probably make it to the NBA. I mean, look at this dude. He's my height. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can't bounce out of the gym like him, but this dude is a superior athlete, right? And that was what I had in my mind when I heard that he was fighting a YouTuber who makes rap videos for 11-year-olds. So I go, oh, Nate Robinson's going to clean him up. And then as all black people are wont to do, whenever it's black guy versus white guy, it's like, oh, come on, oh, let's... We're going to put all the ancestor energy behind Nate Robinson and let's see him work this dude, right? Yeah. And um, to put the uh, cherry on top of 2020, that white man uh, pounded that. (laughs) (laughs) He beat the brakes off of Nathaniel Robinson III or whatever his name is. But let me me point this out. Sure. I think about black people is Uh we will all come together. Oh, yeah. And, you know, back each other up. Sure. But once you fuck up or fail, it's a wrap for you, bro. We're You're like, not we even let you have it. Oh yeah, they we let you have it. Oh, we would like to trade. <laughs> we would like to trade Nate Robinson for Canelo Alvarez, and they want to take your black card yeah. away. White people go, they do the same thing, and then if they fall, they go, it's all right. 
We'll get them next time. It's because the stakes aren't as high. Black people go, nah, yeah, we, yeah, now no, we got to make funny. Yeah, we got more, inve- we got, <laughs> we got more invested in it. It's like that Tyra Banks uh, um, thing from America, America's Next Time. I was like, oh, yeah. I was rooting for you. <laughs> we were all rooting for you. So now you got to get these bars. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, we had you on such a pedestal. Yeah. We expected greatness from you. And then we just would have lost. Yeah. We would have gone, nah, man, that was, we all know Nate won that fight. If it mm-hmm. was even, if it was close and it was a, you know, uh, uh, Jake Paul won by one point or whatever, we go, nah, he was robbed. You know, the referees weren't going to let Nate win that fight. But the, the way he so handedly uh, delivered a victory yeah. for all of fuckboy America uh, <laughs> was so decisive and so embarrassing and so hilarious. All prayers and, and oh, but that brought me so much joy. On, on, after after a stressful um, Thanksgiving, yeah, that and ba- and Bad Bunny really made my weekend. It really made my weekend better. Also, we're coming to you from a Monday, so just quickly before we move on to other things to talk about today, Tuesday is a stretch for the leftovers. Today should be the last day you're eating leftovers. Today, today, Monday. I'm saying Monday. Monday should be the last day you're eating leftovers. What was Thanksgiving? Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday. I think Friday. Of next week? No, no. Of th- Friday oh, is saying last. You're saying opposite of me. Like, y'all should have been stopped. Yeah, eating. I think oh, Friday okay. should have been No, 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 no. You get the weekend. You get the weekend. Monday for oh, me is no, the man. cutoff. And then Tuesday is like, look, man, if you haven't gotten a chance to go to the grocery store yet. How I much leftovers get. do you have? Well, this year's different. Typically, I would have a lot of leftovers. Shit. But at some point, you got to go, I got to throw these out. I'm not going to keep eating yeah, after Thursday, after Thursday, I'm done. That's, after that's Thursday? Yeah. No, man. I mean, after, after Friday. Next... I'm sorry, Friday. Thursday, okay. Thursday, right. Friday. Okay. After Friday, that's it. Well, me. I'm saying just abroad, uh, broadly to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Monday is the cutoff. Tuesday, I get it. That's if you hell gotta work, of a... If you got to yeah. work Tuesday and you got to work all day and you come home and there was nothing to eat. Make a sandwich and, and salad. I'll make a turkey sandwich <laughs> with these leftover bits of turkey because, you know, it's only like dark meat and little pieces of turkey with fat Skin on them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all just scrapings <laughs> by Tuesday. But if you want to whip that up and make that into something... I get it, but Monday is the cutoff. Now, if you're still eating leftovers after Monday, I'm looking at you a little differently. You definitely shouldn't get back to Thursday. <laughs> you are a, you are a savage if you're back to Thursday and it's still turkey. Did and- you take all the food home? Yeah. Were you ever like, left? Mean, yeah, how you still got all these Hawaiian rolls and shit? And what, how did your parents allow this? Turkey? Oh, man. I had, I had maybe like three little slices of turkey. Yes, yeah, it, it, it wasn't even, much I'm left. A, you, don't get to just, you don't just get to take home a bun. We've already discussed this. Yeah, turkey is yeah. it's a subpar meat, but it's the tradition and whatever. Um, but yeah, you should not be making it back to Thursday with the with the leftovers. So yeah. that's that's my little uh, PSA. <laughs> <laughs> Cut it out, okay? Um, as far as anything else, let's see. We talked about Nate Robinson. Anything? Oh, friend, friend I, I um, I, I've already made this publicly clear on 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 Twitter, but I'm in a bit of a feud. Okay. With your competitors, and it's escalated to a point. Oh, yeah. It's escalated to a point of no return now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for people who aren't aware, um, I ordered some AirPods. Yeah. Matter of fact, I texted you. you texted me. Yeah. I texted you the Monday or Tuesday or so when I ordered them. Yeah. Yo, I'm gonna let you know how they. I'm gonna yeah. let you know how to get down. They come on Friday. I can. I can hear the excitement in the text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> I was. I wasn't bragging because again, it wasn't AirPods, but I was like, I was just excited, and I wanted to tell somebody like. Yeah. Cause Sierra doesn't care. She's like, "Why are you spending money on stuff?" Yeah, well, I'm going to tell because I bought. I remember I told you I had to get new ones, yeah. and I bought the the original so pair, the AirPods One. Yeah, AirPods, and I was like, I saw those, I was like, ah, yeah. I, I was hesitant because of the ear. Thing. Th- that's why I didn't buy them, and that's why I was going to let you know. I was like, I'll let. I'm going to take them yeah. for a test drive and let you know if the ear thing is. Uh, yeah. Because a, I heard those. Are, those are. It's a different. Well, they class. say it's elite. They yeah. say. It's, they say it's next level. <laughs> I watched the video, and that's what made me order them. Yeah. yeah Matter of yeah. fact, as I'm talking to you now, I'm getting more angry yeah. that I don't have them. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, you know, I, I texted you like, yo, you know, 
listen, man, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do an unboxing video and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to let you know how to get down. Friday comes, mm-hmm. I get off, I leave work early. Yep. I left work at 12 because I live in a, I live in a nice neighborhood. I, yeah. I don't have any concerns about package thieves. Plus, my neighbor's always on her porch. Yeah. But I didn't want electronics just sitting on my porch all day, just in case. Yeah. I didn't know when I was going to be home. So I was like, I'm going to leave at 12 and get home and just sit home until uh, they come. Yeah. Plus, I had to take my mom her leftovers for Thanksgiving because mm. it was Saturday. Did you have to like, leave them at the door? Oh, I'm sorry. It was Friday. Yeah, I had to leave them at the door. It was, okay. yeah, it was, I had to leave them at the door. Yeah. You know, she came out. She's doing good, though. Okay. My good. mom is doing good. Yeah. I, I, I sent her a message on uh, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. My, my mom's, <laughs> mom's is doing good. She's, she's doing all right. Um, so Friday, I, I, get, I, I leave work early. I come home. One o'clock. Two o'clock. Mm-hmm. Now three o'clock comes. I get a notification. Delivery delivered. Mm-hmm. So I go, oh, this is UPS. UPS. Okay, gotcha. Delivered, and I'm, I'm, yes. Doo-doo brown suit. UPS. It's a vendetta. It's, I'm not beating yeah. around the bush. <laughs> I'm not saying, not saying names. And I said, no, no, no. This was doo-doo brown suit. UPS. This feud, blood feud. Yeah. Blood feud. It's on site. Yeah. I have no. It's war. Okay. So three o'clock comes. Boo-doo-doo. Deliver. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Now I can go run my errands because I was waiting mm-hmm. to make sure the package was secured before I go. I had to go go to the grocery store and everything. Um, so I'm okay. Boom. Three o'clock comes. I, I step outside. There's no package. Also, you know Bella. You mm-hmm. can't step foot on the porch without her barking. Without her barking. So I'm like, then oh. So I go. Oh, okay. This is me being an uh, optimist, like I, I try to be. I go. Oh, it's you know it's the day after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. They probably just do a thing where they tell people it's delivered, and then that buys them time because they're gonna be out all day delivering packages. No, that's not how it works. Okay, I, this is I found this out after yeah. multiple phone calls, mm-hmm. but I go they must that's what they do. So, um, I just I, I pay it no mind, mm-hmm. and then but but I'm like okay, so how do I? But then I'm concerned because I'm like okay, I know somebody didn't steal them because I Bella didn't bark. So I go, what do I tell Apple? If they they are tell the UPS is telling me they were delivered, because they it's not like they're saying they're lost. Because mm-hmm. then I can go, hey Apple, they lost my AirPods. Can you send me some new ones? If they're saying they delivered them to me, how do I get restitution? Yeah. So I get back home. I so I say I'm not gonna call them back until I go check the house again. Because mm-hmm. maybe while I was gone, they dropped them off. They didn't. So, um, I call them again, and now I'm irate. Now I'm talking to them a little bit like, yeah, uh. Such and such and such and such. They said this. I get a mysterious phone call. Nobody's answering, and now I'm I'm starting to feel like something something weird is going on. Oh my god! I'm so sorry. Uh, we're gonna have them call you again. I'm sitting on the couch mm-hmm. waiting for the phone call because I'm not gonna miss the phone call. And I make sure I said I even told the guy. I said yeah. They said because uh, they said they left a message to the guy saying we tried to call, but it was some problems with the phone. Yeah. I said you can hear me okay, right? He said oh yeah yeah I can hear you. Just I said oh okay cool cool cool. Yeah. Well, I, but like I was being sarcastic. I was yeah, like you, I got you. you can understand. That's me, right? what we have to do. Yeah. So he goes, yeah, yeah. So I'm waiting on the thing. I start watching uh, Voices of Fire, great gospel uh, competition show on Netflix. I'm sitting there. My phone lights up, but doesn't ring. Mm-hmm. Then a second, like five seconds later, I get a notification of a voicemail. So he called and just hit, he banged on himself to go straight to my voicemail, which is suspicious. How do you do that? I have no idea. The phone lit up, but didn't ring. And then I got notif- I didn't get a missed call notification. I just got a voicemail notification. I don't know what okay. button that is. That's like a that's like a voicemail drop. Straight, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, if that's the name for it, boom. Yeah, I get the call. Hey, this is a Mike. Hello, Mike. Mm-hmm. This is Mike from UPS. Uh, I'm seeing on the thing that on the geo location yeah. that he might have accidentally dropped it off at a neighbor's house or another neighbor's house headed towards Raider, which is the street going this way. Okay. So I'm like, okay, so. 
you accidentally dropped my package off at one of my neighbor's houses and they still haven't brought it to me. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Maybe they're out of, out of, out of you know, town or something. So I walk out of my house. I walk down past my next door neighbor's house and then my next neighbor's house. And then the next neighbor house is after that. Just like looking on their porch to see if there's a package. Yeah. Right. So before I call him back from the voicemail, I text my neighbor. I said, hey, did you, did a UPS accidentally leave a package at your house? They go, no. Next, this way? This house. Okay. Yeah. They go, no. I saw the guy pull up, because she's always on her porch. Yeah. I saw the guy pull up. He dropped a package off at X's house. I'm not going to say the guy's name, but the house, her neighbor. Mm -hmm. Dropped a package off at his house, walked, started walking towards me like he was going to your house, stopped, turned around, got back in his van and drove down the street. Right? So I go, that's weird. So I call the guy back and I tell him, um, yeah, uh, and he explains the whole thing. Yeah, I'm pulling up on the geolocation thing. It's saying um, he he delivered it to the wrong house. Um, but I would check uh, the other across the street as well because it's saying like delivered in the middle, somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, but, but while I'm talking to him, I'd already gone back outside to go talk to X yeah. next to my, my neighbor's neighbor. And he was coming out of his house. So before I get a chance to explain to him what she told me through text message, I'm like trying to hold him up because he's leaving. I'm like, oh, hey, hold on. Let me get you. Can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. He's like, yeah, if there's any other problems, you can just call us. Da, da, da. The drivers will be back on Saturday and then X and Y and Z. So I go, okay, cool. Thank you. Bye. Hey, X, um, did a package come for you? Come to your house addressed to me? He goes up on the porch and finds the package that I guess the guy left. That's his package. It's not mine. Mm. So... And then he said, I, I, I got to go somewhere right now. But once my, I come back, you know, my wife, she's been getting packages all the time. It might have, she might have brought it in the house or something like that. I found out from him after he came back home. I don't, we don't have any package from you. So my suspicion is, I don't know if he knew what was in the thing, but he started to walk towards my house, changed mm -hmm. his mind, got in the car, pressed deliver it. And that's why it's in the middle of the road. Cause that's where his vehicle is parked. Was it a UPS truck? I wasn't there. I don't know. She said van. Okay. So. Hmm. Um, I think he got in his car, pressed delivered, and pocketed my AirPods, right? But it was in a... He would have to open it to see. Open what? Well, he would have to open it to see what's inside. But, I mean, maybe it... I don't know what Apple puts... I don't, it, I didn't it doesn't, get it. Packages don't come in, a, come in just original packaging like that. Right, right. But even if the box said had the battery symbol on it, and it said from Apple, it might just... Symbol. Yeah, what you know, they, they put battery symbol on there and say, like, hey, this is an electronic, so be careful. Oh, okay. Yeah, and if it has that, and then Apple... The shit, the guy could have just been like, oh, shit, Apple. Possibly, know. yeah. You know, okay. my whole thing, my whole point, this is, at this point, I'm still not, I'm like, maybe he dropped it off down the, it says my address is clear. The numbers are clear. You, yeah. I, don't, you, I don't know how you accidentally deliver it to a house. But anyway, yeah. so I call the guy and I, and I tell him what's going on. And I'll just say, hey, um, I talked to some neighbors. It's a pandemic, man. I can't be going door to door. Can you explain to me what we do? And he goes, oh, no, oh, don't worry. All the drivers are coming back tomorrow and I'll have him come out. And send him the geolocation, and he can go to the house that he dropped it off at, get the package from there, and bring it back to you. Yeah. Saturday comes, no UPS, nothing comes on this street the whole day. I'm, I'm home the whole day. Mm -hmm. Nobody comes. So now it's Sunday, and they're closed. So now I have to call them Tomorrow. when you're listening to this, which is, oh, Mon yeah. when you're, yeah. th which is Monday, and go, hey, three days ago, I'm supposed to believe that a package was wrongfully delivered to one of my neighbors, and they kept it. Because at this point now, I go, you know, you go, it's Friday. Maybe they just brought the packages in, put them next to the door. Haven't got a chance to look at them yet. But now it's Saturday. Now it's Sunday. Now people have gone through their mail that they put by the door. Yeah. And they see, oh, this is my, not my house. Yeah. Somebody so, got those. That, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. either I'm supposed to believe that my, because they're saying it was close. 
is either this neighbor or that neighbor or across the street, that neighbor or that neighbor, who all I know decently. Either one of them pocketed my AirPods because he dropped them off on the wrong porch or the UPS driver who my neighbor saw do some shady shit of like go to here and then walk towards the house and then get back in his van and drive down the road. I guess he could have dropped them off at some house down the road, but unless the address is wrong on the thing, it's clear which house is my address. Yeah. So basically, fuck UPS. Uh, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And until we get this situated, Doo-doo brown suit. I want. I want everybody listening. Boo them. You boo them, and then you praise people in the blue doing the right thing. You, p- yeah. you praise these U- USPS workers doing the right thing, getting you your mail in the rain, sleet or, sleet or snow. And these snakes, these snakes in these doo-doo brown suits. You hiss at them. And you boo. That, that's what they deserve. Yeah. It's hissing and booing. I'm confused about the vehicle they was in. They could have been one of those like, um, like people you can just drive. Yeah, like like uh, laser ship. They do that. But I thought they delivered like Amazon. But I guess I'm wrong. Um, yeah. So now, if it was a regular U- uh, UPS employee, or uh-huh. if it was us, yeah, they would. The supervisor or manager would be like, "Hey, it says the geolocation that you delivered this, this. Right. You, you delivered it there, but you were supposed to go to this address. Go back and go back, and then go back and check where you yeah. delivered it." That's how that's how it's supposed to go. Exactly. But, but them being like a third party or something. That's what I'm saying. That's what I think happened. Yeah, so yeah, now yeah. they can't find the person. Yeah, that's what yeah, I yeah. think happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think happened. And until I can talk to somebody on Sunday, yeah. I can't get it sorted. Now I I'm would already, I yeah. would uh I mean, I know you you have it this is like the only problem you had with getting No, the, I've never had yeah, any problems. I mean, like if if you can use you can always use the, the uh PO box and I can just bring it to you when if this if that's what you want to do next time. But no. That's just that is that's crazy. Yeah, that's I, that's a two hundred. That's a couple of hundred bucks yeah. down the drain. Gone. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. And I'll I, be and, hot too. And, and, and my whole thing is, I I don't want to. I've accepted. I'm not gonna get those AirPods back. That's crazy. Right. Man. So, but my whole thing is, if it says it's delivered, how do I resolve this with Apple? What do I tell yeah, them yeah, yeah. that they were lost, but they said they were delivered? How do I explain? So I need to talk to somebody at UPS to understand. Do they call you and you explain to them that one of those something. drivers lost go like my something stuff? Like that, yeah. You know, because it doesn't say lost. It would be one thing if I got a, a, a message saying lost in transit, yeah. which has happened before. Yeah. And they go, yeah, we'll send some other ones out to you. But they're saying in the system that it was delivered to me. Yeah. So I don't. It wasn't delivered. It wasn't <laughs> delivered. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know how to. I don't know how to resolve. They should that. see. They probably should. I guess once you, once they communicate some ways, they should send you some some new ones out. Yeah, I hope so. That's well, they better. It's not. I hope so. Nothing. They better. Um. Anyway. Yeah, sorry to hear about that. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, listen, we just opened up talking about a friend of ours going through something yeah. really serious. So it, it's um, there, you know, everything yeah. is perspective based. I'm just, I'm just uh, venting about my little small life issues that I had this yeah. weekend, <laughs> and uh, I'm done with that. And before we uh, jump into the fucked up shit, there is some celebrating to do. More, yeah, man, of course, man. We got awesome listeners who love us and, and appreciate us and, and, and like what we're what we're doing. I'm not, I'm not disappointed. I'm just saying. Oh, you're surprised? I, 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 yeah. I, oh, that I was a humble. That was I, a humble move. Yes, I, oh, okay. I, I appreciate all the love that we. Okay. Yeah. You sounded annoyed. Like, damn, leave us. No, alone. no. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Up first, we got Marlo Brook. Okay, I don't know if. You, oh my god, I'm sorry, Marlo B. <laughs> this Thanksgiving, I still got the itis from Thanksgiving. Shout out to Marlo B. I don't know if you're any relation to Marlo from the Wire, but we we really uh, love that name here in uh, Baltimore. Uh, up next, we got Sarah M. Shout out to you, Sarah M. Much appreciated. Thank you for joining. You are a true serial killer, and we appreciate you. Uh, up next, we got Alyssa H. Thank you, Alyssa. Your, your hair appears to be some kind of red or some kind of maybe burgundy. I like it. I'm digging the vibes. Alt. 
Uh, up next, we got Aaron S. Now, Aaron looks like she has a tattoo on her arm. Shout out to the artistry. Shout out to you, Aaron S. Uh, and lastly, there's some quick run through. Uh, we got Mary W. Shout out to Mary W. She seems to be wearing a beanie and she's having a great time with a friend of hers in her photo. Shout out to you. And also, Mary, shout out to your friend. Thank you. And thank her. Say hello to her mother for me. Just say thank you and, and Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, and with that, you know, that was all of our celebrations. We appreciate every. Oh, that's the wrong button. We appreciate all of you and we thank some good luck. We appreciate all of you and we thank all of you for joining our Patreon and to the people who are already actively patrons. Thank you to you as well. And um, happy Thanksgiving and happy holidays to all of you. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right. And we are back, Fran. It is my turn to go first. My affirmative murder this week is actually a story that we talked about in a live time a couple years ago when they first when we first found out about it. And I wanted to re just come back and touch on it for the specifics. Um, this is a, a, a local story that made national head headlines back in 2018. Mm -hmm. And um, um, you'll 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 it'll it'll jog your memory once I get into it. <clears throat> Keith Smith wanted the city of Baltimore to know that Jacqueline Smith, his wife of four years, was killed because of her kind heart. According to Smith, it happened in the very it happened in the very first hours of December 2018 at an intersection in East Baltimore. The story he told went as follows. While driving from a birthday celebration on a winter night, uh, the family stopped at a stop sign in their 2012 Audi A7. While they sat there, Jacqueline saw a woman with a with a woman with a wrapped up blanket holding a sign that read Help me feed my baby. God bless. Jacqueline told Keith to roll down the window on her side of the car so that she could give the woman some money. Now, I don't know if this is a cultural thing, but one thing black people are going to do is, is lock those windows. Mm. Put the, uh, only the driver can unlock them. Yeah. That's just been my whole experience my whole life. Nobody uses the child proof and all that shit like, like black people. I don't know what they're trying to assert dominance or let you know this is their car. Don't be rolling my windows down and all this type yeah. of stuff. But whenever I'm in a uncle or aunt's or whatever's car and I go to try to, and I'm talking <laughs> about whether it's childhood or as a dog, yeah. like, man, it's kind of hot in here. Let me roll the window, smoking a cigarette. Lock. Me, yeah, it's like, why Why is that even a feature on a car? Yeah. To lock the windows. So children don't roll down. And then what? Jump out of the window? Throw stuff out of the window, what maybe? What if that child's a kidnapped child? That's not a good feature. I'm, I'm advocating against the driver being able to lock all the windows. Because what if they kidnap a person? The window should be able to just get rolled down. And then if you hear a kid rolling the window, they say, hey, stop that. Yeah. That's the that's the window lock. Hey, don't. Mm -hmm. You don't need to press some kind of button and then it locks everything down. I don't like that. Gotcha. But already I thought that was just, that, that was me trying to justify why she would need to ask, because this is his story. Yeah. Why she would need to ask him, like, hey, roll my window down? Yeah. So this is the panhandler uh, story. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. it is. Yes, it is. Um, like I said, she told him to roll the window down on her side of the car so that she could give the woman some money. As Jacqueline was handing a $10 bill to the woman, another panhandler suddenly appeared. That second panhandler went up to the open window, thanked the couple for their kindness, and then began stabbing Jacqueline before snatching a necklace off of her wounded body. Mm. As Keith and his 28-year-old daughter who was in the uh, car's back seat at the time, tried to process what had just happened. The baby sign woman who had drawn Jacqueline's sympathy snatched a purse from inside the car and ran off as well, 
as they continued to sit there at this stop sign, dumbfounded at everything that was happening, mm-hmm. according to them. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to get in the story. The, my rest of the story gets into that, but already initially, it's an odd story. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, the combination of, you know, if you're from here, you know, you know, we 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 spoke in ad nauseum about squeegee boys and mm-hmm. all. You know, there are a lot of people panhandling on the streets, so you kind of your mind goes, well, there are people panhandling on the streets, and wow, so it's just it's tragic. So you're not analyzing the words, and yeah. then he's on TV crying. You know, he did, they did a news story, yeah, yeah. So you don't analyze the story. You just go, wow, it's tragic. Some crazy panhandler. Um, Keith called nine one one to report the attack, then sped off to Johns Hopkins Hospital, about a mile away. Despite his best efforts to get Jacqueline there as quickly as possible, doctors were unable to save her, and she was pronounced dead just before 1 a.m. When Smith's story hit local news outlets, it unleashed a flood of previously uh, repressed resentment towards the city's panhandlers. Now, like I said, I mean, you can look up all the people have done skits and everything. Um, there are panhandlers, but more so squeegee boys is the issue that a lot of people have an issue with in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are people just kind of... Like, I guess a, there are squeegee men as well. Like, there are older people who also offering to wipe your windows down yeah. for money, which is panhandling. But the real issue people are angry about, and, you know, I see both sides. I think these kids need something to do. And I think that, you know, reopening after-school programs or something, giving these kids an outlet to do something would help. But when you're driving up to a red light and you see 10 young kids, you know, you know, surrounding cars and, and all that kind of stuff. It can be intimidating to some people, especially yeah. people from out of town. Right. Um, and then, and then really you're just giving them money to go away. You're not, you don't, nobody needs their windows. washed. we've already, we've discussed this, but nobody needs their, it's 2020. Nobody yeah, yeah. needs their windows washed. Yeah. My car washes its, its own windows. So I'm just giving you $5 to like, leave me alone. Yeah. I've done that. When it was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't need your service. Yeah. But here, take yeah, the money. Yeah. I've done I've done that all the time just because yeah. I respect, you know, it's like, hey, man, here, especially when it's just one person. Yeah. I I, pref- I prefer it just be a one person. It looked like they need some help. And I go, hey, man, here, go buy yourself a warm cup of coffee. But when it's five, six kids and you can tell they're all together, maybe pooling their money or what, I don't know. But I go, this, I don't like this. Yeah. I don't like my car being surrounded and yeah. communication happening when I, you know, I just don't like that. I just, I'd be wanting to like, maybe y'all shouldn't, I get what you're trying to, like you say, I get what you're trying to do, trying to make some money. Yeah. Oh, I get that, but you're doing yourself a disservice if you use your product and then going. Hey. Yeah, give me money. Now you wasted it because I don't want to give you money. Yeah. How about especially when you do half of my window when I like maybe a minute? Is you know what I'm saying? It's like how about you're not using a microfiber cloth to wash my window and yeah, it's yeah. now dirty. Yeah, yeah. But I don't mean to sound bougie. My whole my whole thing is that I've advocated for one: give these kids after school programs. I heard about a program about you know having the kids pick up trash. Or maybe I suggested that. I don't really know if I actually have read that, but I think I might have read it. We have them pick up trash, and then they deliver the trash at the end of the day, and you get paid by the bag of trash, yeah. right? Um, or how about we tell these kids, hey, man, which there's actually a story of a, a, a group of kids who started their own water bottle line. Mm-hmm. They were squeegee boys, and they just decided to make their own water bottle, their own waters. I don't know if they were selling them as well, like on the in, instead of, but that's mm-hmm. my whole thing. Pull your money and sell some ice cold bottles of water. That's a thing that I need. Yeah. I don't need you to wash my windows. It just is not a service that I need. I don't need it. So I would much rather buy a water from you, maybe pre-COVID. I don't, I don't know if I'm buying water off the streets. Right, but right, pre-COVID, right. I'll buy a bottle of water if it's a hot day. So the, the panhandling situation in Baltimore is a thing. And people, uh, this, this story 
it, it made people comfortable to go. You know what? I never, I never liked people being out on the street asking for money and knocking on my window. It really brought out. It made people comfortable to shit on poor people. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, droves of angry people online seemed almost excited to hold this murder up as validation for their pre for their prejudiced views of uh, the city, uh, preju- prejudiced views of the city, aka panhandlers and the squeegee boys. Mm. Um, also, just this past year this year maybe specifically the daughter of some doctor alleged that she got attacked by some, by a squeegee boy and the police camera footage when the body cam footage showed up uh the body when the police officer showed up to kind of take a statement it was bullshit yeah. she lied so what happens is people are annoyed right now i do know stories of some squeegee boys kicking people's car i i know stories of that personally right but more so people just don't like them knocking on their window, having to talk. They don't like seeing them. They don't like seeing mm. the poverty or being asked for money. So what happens is they get annoyed and they get into confrontations because it's like, get out, get away, don't touch my car, which is, I, under, I get that. I understand that. But this story made it like, we have to do something about yeah. this. This one anecdotal story, we need to make a law that says you can't panhandle on the streets, mm-hmm. right? So, and, and this this story made people comfortable to do that. Um, real institutions and powerful individuals with sway in the city and further out rushed to get involved as well. It happened very fast, and then it just kept happening. The trouble really started when then interim police chief, uh, Gary Tuggle, issued a warning to the public about giving out money to those begging for it on the streets. So basically, it was like a lockdown on giving out money to people around here for a bit. Like yeah. it was, don't drop, drop, avoid them. Yeah. Don't talk to them just to be safe. Leave them be. Don't risk it. It's not worth the risk of helping this person. So now we've now made them enemies, right? Um, uh, the reason, the, the justification for doing so was Jacqueline's story. They were using it as a cautionary tale of what can go wrong with inter- in interactions with the city's most desperate people. Opinion pieces in the Baltimore Sun echoed and amplified the message of suspicion and fear. One, written by a billionaire with real estate interests in the city, suggested that the failure of police to enforce the city's panhandling laws infringed in turn on the right of citizens to not be murdered in their cars waiting for a light to change. Another by a former county executive who was convicted for misconduct in office called panhandling a public safety hazard at all times. And we should listen to him. Why? There's this No, but these are all just... Th- here's the thing. This guy didn't write this for you or me. Oh. He wrote this for people in office, people who have pens that make decisions okay. to put pressure on them to for when, when sheep like me or you or whoever people who might listen to him, sheep like me or you, or for example, will read this and go... Yeah, that is messed up, this guy. But this is a, ha- a... And then he gives you the talking point. You know what? This guy's right. This is a public health hazard. And then you write into your mayor and you complain and you you know, yeah. you know threaten to not vote for them the next term and everything. And then with that pressure, they do the thing that this billionaire and such and such, they wanted the whole time. They don't care about your public safety or you getting being safe at a red light. They want people not in front of their expensive buildings. Yeah. So I'm going to write a piece... And shame the police and the mayor for not keeping homeless people away from public viewing. Because that's all it is. Yeah. And and this isn't a, a local politics podcast, but Catherine Pugh, 
who was fucking ousted from office, was famous for that. She abdicated responsibility for homeless people. She just wanted them away from all the shiny things and gave them nowhere to go. But you can't be in front of this farmer's market. Mm -hmm. You can't be in front of the uh, Raven Stadium because tourists come there. Yeah. So shoo away. Police come break this tent city up. Get them the fuck out of here. I don't know where they need to go, but they can't be downtown. Yeah. Because that's where the money comes in. Yeah. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. But, and, and there's an actual quote in here. If you try to solve the problem, the money that you spend hiding and all this shit, if you put that money and all this outrage that they had from this one store, I'm going to get into it because all of what I'm saying is laid out in the story. So, but this really just, this, this was a twisted story. <clears throat> so yeah, so, uh, so there were a couple of pieces that kind of got people riled up a little bit, but it was Oprah Winfrey, once a local television anchor in Baltimore, who launched the story into national spotlight. Wait, when, she was? Yeah. Oprah used to live here. Did she? She said it was terrible. <laughs> That's one thing that's consistent with Tupac. It was like, man, that place is different. They say that. Tupac yeah. said that. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. Yeah, Tupac was like, Baltimore is the worst place I've ever lived. <laughs> but he also was incredibly, he, he was he was living in the part that's the worst part you've ever lived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm a, I've already broken down everything about Baltimore. It's very racistly districted it off and, you know, you 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 know you know you're in a good neighborhood and you know you're in a bad neighborhood yeah, yeah, yeah. because they you know the socioeconomic uh, uh dividing lines are you know rich white people live here poor black people live here so if you go to one of the rich white people neighborhoods it's very if the police are driving around and people are walking their dogs people are nice yeah people so are very nice. but if you can't afford to live there and you live where the poor black people live at yeah, yeah you're gonna feel like it's a dangerous place because this place was riddled with crack yeah. and, 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 and 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 over policing and all that kind of stuff you know this 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 city has seen a lot of um uh political failures um and 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 policing failures and it it it's seen a great depression yeah. you know so oprah was a news anchor mm -hmm. didn't know that yeah. okay i mean mm -hmm. we weren't probably weren't alive when she was doing late it. 80s yeah it was probably like late 80s oh, okay. or something i mean you know i didn't but still yeah, i didn't yeah. yeah oprah used to live here but yeah and, and oprah stepped in and, and she tweeted about how you know uh basically her tweet was oh i i do this i've done this a thousand times but this story definitely makes me um, think twice before I do something like that. Wait, do what? Write to the mayor? Go no, go out, give people money, oh panhandlers. Roll she your window can't down. do that. That's He's open. Yeah, I don't. She said I've done this a one. She said one k. I've done this a thousand times. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about that one. You may you may well, gave from it to where, somebody the, else from where the back seat of your <laughs> you Bentley. <laughs> you may gave it to somebody else. So they yeah, gave it to go give no way you did. Yeah. <laughs> They would have robbed you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you're not robbing Oprah. There's definitely a dude oh, yeah, sitting yeah, passenger yeah. side with like an AK-47. <laughs> you're not robbing some Some homeless dude on the side of a, a light is not robbing Oprah. Yeah. This story is bullshit, but yeah, this yeah. would never happen. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah, like yeah. a convoy of other cars, secret service people that would get out. You wouldn't even touch her. We less, less Oprah touched him once. Yeah, and yeah. he knew just how much to not move to, to, Alert yeah. the 50 people ready to assassinate yeah. anybody who does Oprah wrong. So he was like, she touched me and I was like, okay, cool. Let's take the picture. I don't want to try to touch you back yeah. or something, you know? Um, anyway, so yeah, Oprah came out and kind of denounced panhandling in a way. And um, once she spoke about it, boom, took off. Now everybody's, yeah, yeah, now everybody's all around the world. Everybody's like, oh my God, this story, panhandlers are out of control. These crazy panhandlers, you know, now there's this mythical panhandler who will kill you when you try to give him some bread or something, you know? It reminds me of the stereotype where it goes, all black people are crazy. 
Because one black person did some something crazy, so sure. like all of them are wild. So this one panhandler, this bullshit story. Yeah. No, all of them are just all of them are. He bad. will stay away from them. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. It was it was very disgusting what happened, and I will continue to lay it out. But I think people can, if if it hasn't been your memory hasn't been jogged of this story, I think we know what happened in the story. So like I said, Oprah comes out, blows it up, becomes a national story. Uh, all of this played out perfectly for Keith. Everything perhaps except for Oprah elevating the story to the attention of a national audience. Because in reality, the murderous panhandler who was, who was supposedly responsible for killing his wife never existed. Under brighter lights, the story that institutional Baltimore had been uh, quite content to believe swiftly showed signs of being a fabrication. The story Keith didn't tell was that he and his daughter, Valeria Smith, who, and there's also a video of them like a, a few days after the interview, where she is clearly on heroin. Yeah, I see. I it. mean, she is clearly high in her house being interviewed about how nice um, Jacqueline was and all this kind of, you go, and at the time I go, yeah, um, either she's coping with drugs, sadly, because it's just too much. Or something, something's weird. She did this. I, that's what my first thought was. I go, he's covering for it. That was my first thought. I go, who is high on heroin when you know the news people are coming? You know? So, um, Valeria Smith had planned to leave the country and go to Mexico without the third member of their family. They were unsuccessful in their escape, and U.S. Marshals arrested them at the border down in Texas. Damn. So, just a, as a broad overview, about a week or so after this whole thing blew up like it happened. And then after a week, it really blew up. Not long after that, they moved to Florida, <laughs> which was pretty shady, right? Yeah. They moved to Florida and then the police tapped their phone to keep tabs on them. Cause they're like, that's weird that you left the state. Cause they weren't technically like once you're um, a person of interest, they yeah. tell you like, Hey, don't leave town. Don't leave, that's the yeah. whole, that's the whole like uh, stereotypical thing you see in TV shows. Like, Hey, uh, don't leave town. That's if they think you're a, a person of interest. I guess at the time they didn't think they were persons of nature. They just thought they were grieving, you know, of a grieving family. So I guess they didn't have to, they, they weren't able to say, don't leave. Not that they have any power to do that, mm -hmm. but he moved and everything. They moved down to Florida and then they rented a car and drove to Texas because they were going to go across the border and go to Mexico. Yeah. And they got caught trying to cross, cross the border because at this point, now that people were like, the detectives were like, oh, these are, this is, this is them. Yeah. So they apprehended them and they brought them in. But anyway, that's the long story of how they ended up in Texas at the border. The two were charged with murder and conspiracy to commit murder. Prosecutors eventually dropped the murder case against Valeria Smith and later gave her an accessory charge in June of 2019. As the story changed shape from random act of violence in a troubled city to a darker, more thrilling one of domestic violence, it became, it became clear that people who had driven the original narrative were more than ready to move on, and the public followed suit. So basically, this was something I, that uh, I wanted to bring up because we talked about this last week about when we were talking about the news and, and, and how, you know, once the story is out there, when it came to the story about the two journalists that you were talking about, once the story becomes the official story, yeah. there's no, that's the official story. Yeah. So now people are terrified of panhandlers. Mm -hmm. People are demonizing squeegee boys, which, listen, I'm not, I don't have the best things to say about squeegee boys. I do think that, you know, they're teenagers and they need to think they need something to do and they clearly they need money, but I don't want kids, you know, slapping squeegees on my windows. That's just me. Right. But that's a different than being afraid that they'll kill you. Right. So or attack you yeah. or attack you. 
Oprah didn't come out and go, oh, shit, that was fake. My bad. So Oprah said that, went all around the world. We're Baltimore. Once the story dies down, they're not coming back to recheck to see how it played out. So now all around the world, people go, oh, Baltimore. Yeah, man, they got people on the streets. They just fucking stab you while you're trying to give them, while you're trying to help them, they kill you. That's the kind of city Baltimore is. Even when you try to help people, they'll hurt you. Yeah. And that doesn't, that stain doesn't come off because everybody's now moved on. The, the damage was done. And I'm sure we'll never fully know, but whoever that billionaire was that wrote that think piece in that article and whoever this person was that wrote this, I'm sure they got what they wanted. I'm sure the the police were, you know, in their neighborhood were upped. The, the, um, the police, um, you know, when they drive around, I can't remember what that's called. Somebody's saying it right now. But, you know, that's, that's peace, police patrol. There you yeah. go. The police patrolling probably went up in front of his buildings. Mm -hmm. You know, whoever that guy was that got arrested for whatever skate shady shit he was doing, he probably, you know, um, got curried some favor in some kind of way. So they, yeah, so they did all the things and got everybody riled up the way they wanted to. And now they moved on and everybody who was outraged and everything has moved on. But the stain of that's a panhandler right there. Don't, don't, yeah, don't it's already done. You know, so I find that to be incredibly disgusting, right? Um, the story of a bloodthirsty panhandler was so fantastical and his public telling and retelling by Keith Smith so heart-wrenching, because like I said, he was on the news crying and everything like that. So the combination of all these things. Yeah, uh, he's the, crying. Yeah, that the size of the gap between it and reality seemed impossible to fill or explain. And so the celebrity-endorsed warnings were never followed up with apologies, and the institutional actors who sought to use the tr uh, tragedy to advocate for what they wanted harsher and more discriminatory po policing mostly stayed quiet after the fact, you know, mm -hmm. once, once it was revealed that it wasn't a panhandler, the commissioner of the very same police department that had warned citizens about the dangers of panhandlers now bragged about his detectives, always knowing that something seemed to miss in the investigation. The same guy who he always thought something sounded weird, did a press conference and told people not to engage with panhandlers. Well, if you thought it was something weird, why would you put out such an inflammatory message yeah. and demonize all these people like that? You know, but everybody's got He's pressure to get something done, though. He's yeah, to say something. I get, and I get that. Yeah. I understand that. I understand of like people are calling my phone. I don't. They're they're scared. What should I say? And I guess his his call was let's just say don't talk to him, but don't come out later on and go. Yeah, I always knew. I didn't. Something didn't sit right with me. Because the damage is already done. You already went out as the police chief yeah. of Baltimore and said, hey, citizens, don't engage with panhandlers. They're dangerous. Yeah. But even if, you know, when they did do that and then we find out what the true, what happened in the story or mm -hmm. what happened with this whole situation, mm -hmm. people are still going to go, well, this can still, I mean, obviously it can still happen, but Any, people are yes. going to go, so, it, I mean, this can still happen either way if this, you know, whatever happened in the story was true or false. Yeah. That can still happen. Sure, but my whole thing is that you're not going to get anywhere in solving this issue of a, people being addicted to drugs on the streets, people going through all kind of econ economic downturns that has put them on the street. We're not going to go, go in the direction of solving that if we're demonizing these people and are afraid of them. Yeah. Right? So I understand being leery of a person who's on the street, looks like they haven't had a good shower in a long time, maybe even look like they might be suffering through some kind of mental break or something yeah. like that. But a person holding a sign saying, hey, man, look, I'm hungry. You know, anything can help. That's, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. That's my whole thing. I was just talking to Sierra about this the other day, where we go on um, the internet and you see like a, a, a person in a gas station saying racist shit, right? And instead of going, oh, that person's sick, yeah. right? Like that's a, 
clearly a person they don't have pants on. They're you know, nigger. That's not a racist person. Yeah, that's a crazy. That's a person that's they're sick. Yeah, right. But people will take that, put that on baller alert in the shade room, and go, man, look at Trump's America, y'all. Twenty twenty. You know, look at this racist. And you go, that's a crazy person. So you can't, you can't, you gotta know the difference, right? I get that, but like somebody could be on the streets and be homeless and be like, yeah, man, lost my job, everything. I'm just any help in hand. And there's a difference between that person and somebody, the lady that said my dick is bleeding. Yeah, there's a difference between those two people. But it's a difference. They both need help. I get that, but the terms that he's using, that's what that's what eliminates somebody goes that eliminates them being crazy because you're using racial slurs. Sure, so how can no, you, I understand. How can yeah. you, that's giving. That's kind of like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he probably going through somebody mental breakdown, but you don't want to excuse them using racial slurs to be like, oh, they're crazy. No, no, I'm not saying excuse. I'm saying you're giving power to racism by using this crazy person as justification and reasoning for like, oh, look, these are the people that are oppressing us. That yeah. is a that's a crazy person. Yeah, that person is not making laws, you know, not tr- calling the police on you or anything. That is a sick person. But it's also now those people it's exist as other well. words you can use other than I know this is just an example. I get, I get, yes, yes. But I'm just saying that that's just like when I came up, I brought up the idea of when somebody has that is mentally crazy and they kill people. Like, why do they? I get they're crazy and having a mental breakdown, but why are they? Why is killing somebody a result of that? But as the story that I told last week, right, about um the woman in Reno, mm-hmm. you know, she. Years and years of not getting the help that she needed yeah. resulted in that. So I don't know if any, maybe there are cases of people, you know, they go through some kind of psychotic break and they just snap. It's the first psychotic break they ever had. Yeah. And they just snap and hurt somebody. Possibly. But what if it's not that and years and years and years of not getting the help that they needed yeah. and falling deeper and deeper into their psychosis led them to a point of no return where the day that they broke this day all the other stuff, they, they went so deep into their psychosis that yeah. it ended up somebody getting hurt, yeah. you know? So that's my whole thing. My whole point is, aside from, aside from mental health, my, whole, my original point was that this one made-up incident mm-hmm. demonized every panhandler. Yeah. And being out on the street and homeless is a spectrum. There's people who are out on the street because of mental health issues, mm-hmm. financial issues, drug addiction issues. So we can't solve this issue if we just go, oh, if you're a panhandler, you're bad. Roll the window up. Don't talk yeah. to them. Leave them alone. They're dangerous. Yeah. You know, we have to address the problem head on and and find there might there might not be one solution to uh, homelessness. Mm-hmm. There, you know, there might be we need to have better mental health facilities. We need to people need jobs, whatever. The, there's many issues. But if we just go, no, nah, no, nah, if you're homeless, if you're on the street asking for stuff, you're probably a liar and you might want to kill me. So don't engage with them. And just let's find a way to get them out of here. Yeah. Let's have the police come and move them away. That's the answer to homelessness in most major cities. Put them somewhere else. But some of them might not even be like full on homeless though. Some people just may need the money to they need help. They might something. be on the borderline. And like this is their last, you know, last yeah. thing they get they can fall on to they get money. It's a spectrum. Yeah, yeah. It's a spectrum. Yeah. It's a spectrum. Uh when news broke of Keith Smith's story being an outright falsity, members of the police department, the state's attorney's office, and the mayor's office took time to chastise Smith for bringing a bad name to a city that has endured so much in recent memory, while somehow forgetting to take responsibility for, push- for pushing the narrative. So they came out and said, how dare he lie and make us look bad and the 
make the city look like there's dangerous people there. But everybody jumped and bit on this. Yeah. Everybody was so quick to go, no, that makes absolute sense. There's people on the side of the roads all over Baltimore City, and one of them killed somebody yeah. because that's what panhandlers do. Yeah. They're that's dangerous. what they've been thinking. They they thought this before the story even came Absolutely. Out. So yeah. now that it's a lie, they're all they're all going, look at this guy's lying, and I can't believe he lied like this, yeah. and, it, and it and made everybody look bad and put fear in everybody. And it's like, no, no, no. This fear was there. This <laughs> it's just, was, you just had the opportunity to talk about you it. Go, oh, now, this is yeah. what we've always <laughs> yeah. suspected would happen. Yep. This is why I don't give homeless people money. <laughs> it's not because I'm a bad person. This made yeah. everybody, it, it, it justified Every terrible instinct that every person has had yep. when they're stopped at a red light and they just look forward yep. and look forward and the person's waving the sign and you're just looking at that light waiting for it to turn. You're looking, pretending like you're turning the station, looking at your phone yeah. and you drive off. Every person who read this story or heard about this story goes, that's why I do that because yep. they're dangerous and yep. they could kill me. You never know. That could be the person, that person asking me for a dollar could have killed me. So I'm not a bad person. They're the bad person. And so we should just completely leave them alone. Yeah. It's most of the, the homeless people that I see, like the the ones that you can see and go, something's mentally wrong. Sure. They're not the ones asking for money. No, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I, I've spoken on it probably a couple of years ago. I stopped at a light. I was on maybe Orleans Street or something like that. I don't mean to get too regional, but just trying to paint a picture for you, friend. I was on somewhere in the city and a dude was on the side of the road. He had a sign. I rolled the window down. I gave him $5. And I told him God bless and whatever. And he said, yeah. thank you, man. He said, people, they won't, people won't. And I, sh- and I shook his hand because, you know, because I was like, man, God bless, you know, hope you, you know, things turn around for you. He said, man, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Like, people won't even touch me, man. Yeah. You know, and that shit broke me. I was like, damn, like, that shit is real. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they won't even, a person, a per- now, listen, I'm not shaking anybody's hand in 2020. Yeah. The same Pre-COVID. thing with the water. Yeah, 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 pre-COVID for a guy to, like, uh, for you to make a judgment on a person, right? Now, somebody's hands could be just disgustingly dirty, right? That's Homeless or not, I probably won't shake your hand. Maybe give you a fist bump or something yeah, like yeah. that. But if a person comes up to you and goes, hey, I'm Steve. How you doing? And you go, oh, no. Yeah. You know, that's, a, that, there's, that's training. You've been trained to feel that way. You see dirty, you know, person, disheveled. That's an unwanted person. Get them away from me. You know, as opposed to, oh man, like you need look like you could use a helping hand. You need look like you could use a leg up. Here's five dollars, man. God bless. Fist bump, pat on the back, whatever. Just some kind of just to feel human. You know, it, it reminds me of a um, it was a video that went viral. Uh, it's an old video of the guy. I think this might have been in New York. Uh-huh. And the guy, it was an old guy, homeless guy outside the store, and he was like, "Hey, you want something to eat?" And then the, the he, the guy was like, yeah, he gave, him, yeah. He gave him sandwiches, free sandwiches. They go get some water. He went and got a gallon of water. The smile on his face yeah. is something I'll never forget. I don't even, this, it's just a video. And it yeah. goes like, it's like, he he really helped that man. It's kind of like he saved his life. Yeah. Because that dude was like eating a sandwich and the guy was outside the store looking in. Yeah. Watching that dude eat a sandwich and the guy worked there was like, you want something to eat? Come yeah. here. And gave him a free sandwich. It was like, it was. The- but not even just the sandwich, the interpersonal connection. Do you know how hard it probably is? Probably, you know how hard it definitely is to be homeless anywhere. Now, I would say America probably it, it's there's definitely other countries where it's harder and, and more and poverty is more insane, right? Yeah. But it's me as a human being, I go, I could not last a day on December third in Baltimore, yeah. on the streets, and I know, and I know it's it's a midnight, and there's nowhere I can go. Yeah. I have to make it until the sun comes up, and then live my day again. 
like I did this day. Yeah. And that time from, you know, 11 o'clock to eight in the morning, I have to find somewhere to get two hours of sleep on and off before a police comes and tell me, tells me to move. Yeah. And that's how these, these little tent camps come up. But can you imagine what the other people that you have, because now you're dealing with, you know, people that have mental health issues, people have, have addiction issues and you have to try to fight your way in that world. And for somebody to just go, Hey man, what's your name? Come in here, man. Come get a sandwich. And how, you know, what's your story? You know how human that makes a person feel because they don't get to that. That sadly is not their experience every day. Yeah. Their day to day is like digging out of trash or trying to find their next fix or, you know, whatever the thing is that they, whatever the, the issue that they're going through, that's their fight. They don't get to just like two people having a coffee and like sitting in a fucking restaurant and like, so what are you going to do this weekend? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm sure that really made that person feel incredible. Yeah. I don't know if the video you're describing is the same video. Cause sadly the guy that I'm about to describe, he passed away. There was a guy who was kind of saying the same thing that this guy said to me, where it's like, people don't even treat me like a human being, man. Like I'm a person, Yeah, you know, and they won't, they, they look down on me and disgusted by me. It's like, I'm a human being, man. You know, that guy, that video was incredibly sad to me and he passed away a couple years back, but that video is very powerful. And I was reminded of that when I, when I had that interaction with that guy on the side of the road, where it was like, he's people won't even, they won't even touch me. They won't touch me. won't talk to me. Like, like I'm not a like I'm not a human being, and I, I found that to be so sad. And this story further damaged that, mm. and if they, they further put a bigger wedge between people who maybe not even have much, but might have, and people who have not. Yeah, people who have not are, you know, unwanted. Stay away from them. They're nasty. They're dangerous. Don't touch them. Don't talk to them. Stay away from them. But anyway, back to the story. <clears throat> Smith's lies weren't told in a vacuum. They seemed in a cynical and unsettling way, perfectly crafted to be heard and believed and retold in Baltimore. Smith's tall tale gave an out to every leader, institution, and approach currently failing the city. And it did not go unnoticed that all these institutions were so ready to demonize some of Baltimore's most vulnerable people over a lie. When Keith and Valeria Smith sought a villain, who might sell their story, it made a twisted sort of sense that they'd land on an unnamed but dangerous homeless man. The Maryland uh, Interagency Council on Homelessness estimated last year that it provided services to more than 12,000 homeless people in Baltimore. The entire city has a population of a little more than 602,000. The city's population has been shrinking for years but the homeless population has not. So that says to me, the population of Baltimore is a combination of leaving Baltimore city, becoming homeless themselves, which is raising the homeless population, but not raising the city's population or, well, those are only two. Yeah. Like, I mean that, and, and those are things I know personally, I know so many, and, and listen, there's parts, but I'm not just blaming like, the city council and you know there's 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 things that that need to be done in, in many facets but there are neighborhoods within baltimore where I, I have family that live there and they go yeah man i'm I'm moving next year like it's just getting these kids are just they're out of control like yeah. I, there's i gotta go right so they're out of baltimore completely or just... like owings mills okay, gotcha. other counties yeah, county, just okay. some some somewhere that in their mind is a, a safer Better, yeah. suburban type of safer area i get it right the dream yeah man i hear it out in white marsh or whatever 
they got these houses and I can afford to live there or whatever. Um, so there are absolutely neighborhoods that flight is occurring in just cause it's just, it's just a neighborhood that's, it's, it's out of control. It's, it's, but there are failures in those communities that have put them in the position to be what they are. And now with the homeless population, failures within that population of people are happening and have been happening, which continues to leave them where they are, but bridge, a, a, but make a further divide between the average person and what they think a homeless person is, what they think a homeless person needs, who they think a homeless person, like who they think they are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's incredibly sad. Like 12,000 people homeless in, in not a very big city. Yeah, Baltimore it's small. Not a very, it's not a yeah, very yeah, big yeah. city at all. So that's why it feels like there's panhandlers and street boys on every corner. Because yeah. there, there are kind of. <laughs> there's not a very big city. Right. Uh, uh, Kevin Lindemood, president and, C- and CEO of Healthcare for the Homeless, was prompted to tweet at the time of the story when it was revealed what actually happened. He tweeted, I remember vividly the public hysteria over, over public begging that followed this story. If there was half as much public outrage over poverty itself, we could end homelessness altogether. How reprehensible to play into stereotypes and falsely fuel fear. Now, when I read that, it reminded me, right? Now, I think a lot of the money came from one specific billionaire person, but that church, I think Notre Dame in Paris or whatever, it, it caught on fire a couple years back. Oh, yeah, the big church. The big church. Yeah, yeah. Within a week... Probably less than that. They raised billions oh, yeah, of yeah, dollars. That. Yeah, yeah. They raised billion with a B. They raised billions of dollars to save an old building. Was there something else going on? Something else was going on around that same time, and it was like the comparison. Yeah, it was like why is this? Some why? Up, yeah. it was crazy. I, I can't it, remember I mean, exactly it, it what it was. Been, it could have been Flint. It could have been anything. Yeah. It it, it, there's so many things to where you go, man. This problem is just insurmountable. Oh my God, this building's on fire. Here's a billion dollars. Fix it. You know, you go, I think it, I think the, I read something that said that to fix the water in Flint, it would cost like a couple hundred million dollars, you know? Yeah. And that's also something that's not getting talked about enough to me is not only that the water was dirty for years in Flint, Michigan, but now you got a bunch of kids who have lead paint poisoning are going to grow up to become adults who get into interactions with police officers because they are dealing with mental problems brought on by the dirty water that they ingested as a child. Yeah. And those are going to be potential bodies gunned down by police because they acted erratically through no fault of their own because they were poisoned when they were children. Right. So, um, complaining about panhandling when, uh, somebody can get cussed out at Starbucks, a a barista at Starbucks can get cussed out. And then all of a sudden they have $50,000. If all these people that complained when the story came out were like, instead of going, man, panhandling is evil. And we need to get them out of here. If they went, damn, man, that's fucked up. But these people need help. And I'm not going to use this one story to demonize all of them. How do we get people off the streets in a way that's helpful and not just hiding them? Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like they want to have a landfill for people. Like when whenever you put your trash out on Thursday, whenever your trash comes, it doesn't just go away, disappear somewhere. Yeah, that shit goes and it it, it goes to the earth. Yeah, damages the earth. There's some big field somewhere in Maryland yeah. where all of our trash and dirty napkins and everything yeah. goes and piles up, but it's away. Yeah. It's not in front of your house. Yep. That's what they want for homeless. Instead of helping homeless people, 
They just want him to be away somewhere, right? Out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And I say that, well, if that's the pro- if you don't solve the problem, homeless people will continue to become homeless. And eventually, you don't have anywhere to put all the homeless. You can't hide them all. Yeah. They won't be able to be out of sight. So how about we try to fix the problem instead of hiding it and running away from it? Because eventually, it's going to become so insurmountable of a problem that there's not going to be... That it's, we're going to be living in, in the Hunger Games, bro. Where Baltimore already kind of is the Hunger Games because I tell you where you don't see a too, too many homeless people that often is in Canton, is in Federal Hill. Yeah. Is, you don't see homeless people just walking around these affluent white neighborhoods because they aren't allowed to be. So they push them out into the more public areas, which is like highways and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and you know intersections yeah. and things like that. But the neighborhoods themselves, you don't see homeless people in these neighborhoods. They want to keep it nice and pretty and squeaky clean and look yeah. at the boats and everything like that. So everything already is kind of districted off. But that's going to be national if it's not already. I don't. I can only speak for Baltimore. But I'm sure that's the policy for all cities is like just get them in, from in front of Bill Gates' house. You know, yeah. get them from in front of the Nando's. They can't be in front of the Nando's. You know, people with money come come here. So that's kind of the policy on homeless people. And then this story about panhandling didn't help at all. Just to wrap things up. Among other evidence against Keith, police said they uncovered what would. Uh, they, police said that they uncovered what they uncovered was that Keith allegedly asked his own brother to kill Jacqueline. Wow. And that she had been planning to divorce Keith. Mm. And he wanted to be made her um beneficiary. Her beneficiary on, on her life insurance. Uh and I think he was able to make that happen before she passed. Valeria pleaded guilty to the accessory charge in September of 2019, ten days before her father's murder trial was originally expected to begin. It was, however, postponed until January of 2020, when we all know how January 2020 kicked off Yeah, the announcement that COVID-19 is starting to bubble up in places and everything like that. So his trial date was again postponed until April. Um, and due to the pandemic, I believe that this entire trial may still be in limbo. Mm. Uh, while it is very clear that the deadly father daughter duo is absolutely guilty. The verdict has not been handed down as far as I can ascertain. I wasn't so what, able, they just, they just sitting in prison. I think that they maybe keep pushing it. Yeah. I think, you know, definitely still sitting in prison. Yeah. They don't have bail on a murder charge. Probably now she, she Jack. See, now this is the thing I wasn't able to clear up. Jacqueline, her, her plea might be conditionary, co- might come with conditions. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the conditions might be that she has to testify against her father. So she can't start her sentence until his trial because her plea deal is a might be, I have to testify in his trial. So what is what is he being charged with? Murder. And he's not being charged with um, what's the term of um, shit? So you murder for hire? He's not being charged for that. Is that not like a charge? No, no, or? no. He did it. He did it. Yeah, he did it. Oh, the brother. I'm no, talking no, about no, the brother. No, no, because he didn't. That was alleged, and I don't. He didn't do it. I'm talking about her husband. Yeah, Keith did it. What do you mean, murder for hire? He killed her. Oh, I'm thinking, you know what I think happened? I, th- <laughs> I you thought. You think one of the homeless people, you no, thought, oh, oh. I thought he was like, I thought he got somebody to kill his wife. No, no, none of that happened. Okay. That, he, I, I wasn't able to really find the full details. I think that we would have known if the, if the trial had taken place, yeah. but I have to assume he stabbed her in the car. Okay. That, I thought, there was I no, thought like, it was a hire. Okay. The, yeah. When, when, when it first was revealed that it was a lie, I thought that too. I thought this was some like 
The setup. Steven Seagal movie yeah. type shit where, oh, hello, ma'am. And then she has like a fake baby. And then she reveals that it's not a baby. In fact, it's a knife. Yeah. yeah. And then he just st- he just stayed there. Yeah. yeah. Parked while they stabbed her. Yeah. No, no. That, I don't think that was. I thought that case. was a Okay. Because surveillance footage showed that the car was never where he said it was. And people in that neighborhood, that part of the neighborhood were interviewed. And they said, there's no panhandlers here. There's no, no, people don't panhandle at a stop sign. Yeah. People panhandle yeah, at true. red light, at lights. Because <laughs> who stops at a yeah. stop sign? Nobody yeah, yeah, stops yeah. for 10 minutes at a stop sign. It's not a good place to panhandle. So it was all a lie. And I guess he maybe killed her somewhere else and then made it out to be like it just had happened and they drove off to the poli- to the, um, to Johns Hopkins. See, so I it thought was all I, a lie, basically. yeah, it's all a lie, but I yeah. thought it was it happened that way. Yeah, that's when see if it happened that way. Yeah, them creating the whole storyline that Panhandler could have had something to do with it. That makes more sense than oh, that would take them having intelligence and you know. Well, I'm saying that's why like I said it makes if, more if, sense. If the brother dressed up as the woman holding the "Help My Baby" sign and yeah, that's an elaborate that's an elaborate but plan. Th- that yeah. would make more sense than yes. you stabbing your wife and then being at a and stop just making sign up and a go, whole lie. Yeah. Now that. that that's in 2018 that's where bullshit. there's cameras everywhere and like, your car wasn't yeah. on that street. Okay. That made that, that lie makes more sense. Yeah. 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 It was a huge lie. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. but just think about that, what you just said, right? Just that quickly you go, wait, so he wasn't even that. <laughs> yeah. And everybody just went along with this. Along Nobody with, yeah, went, wait, so people don't really panhandle over there. Like by the time this had you, a day later, you can talk to somebody on that street and they could go, no, people don't panhandle. Yeah, yeah. Like that fast. You can go, no, that doesn't make sense. There was nobody on this road at yeah. when I, I live here. If you live in the area, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So they were all like, "Don't worry about all that." A homeless person panhandler killed a woman. Boom! National Fox News, CNN blew up yeah. all over the world. Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, there's no con- You don't know. You don't have any context of uh, about what happened in the story. The so it's just like you don't they, the take headline, it and run with it. Yeah, the yeah. headline was so inflammatory and so what everybody wanted to believe this whole time. Yeah, whether it's San Francisco, Detroit. Baltimore, Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, this is why I don't help homeless people. Because they can st- they can stab you. Yeah. And that's why I don't watch the news. Because <laughs> people see shit and they run. Just like on social media. You see that headline and you run with it. Don't even read the article no. or nothing. Don't headline. read the sources or where it came from or nothing like Every, that. Everything's headline driven these days. Uh, but listen, all right, rest in peace, Jacqueline Smith. Um, I'm sure she wouldn't want to. Still have that last name. I, I wasn't able to find her maiden name. But rest in peace to Jacqueline. Um, I was, again, like I said, I was unable to find if the trial has even gone through. But with 2020 being the way that it was, I would not be surprised if it just continued to be pushed back because they can't get into a courtroom and, and make the whole thing happen. Um, but I hope that justice is officially served and these people are sentenced and dealt with accordingly. Um, uh, people in hard times need a helping hand. And um, I think that this story did some damage to um people's belief in that and i just want to as a bow on my story say that if you can help somebody do so there's no reason anybody could be a some wild crazy person who stabs you and tricks you into your husband could be that you think your husband loves you he could turn around and just super come out of nowhere out of the blue and and and, and turn on you any that could be any don't put that stigma on being homeless and needing help right so um i don't i wish i had some sources or some links to give to people to where they can you know help if if they're able to i don't have those um but just you know if you can do some research and see how you can help 
sponsor a family for Christmas or something. I don't really know. But yeah. um like as we said or listen, I'm the I'm the first person to 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 make some wise cracks and some funny cracks on some squeegee boys, right? I don't know how many of the squeegee boys are homeless, right? I'm sure they're just looking to get a couple dollars. So squeegee boys and panhandlers, I don't even put in the same category because yeah. I feel like, you know, it's after school. These kids are just looking to get a couple bucks. I think they I think they caught on to, oh, even if people are annoyed or whatever, I can still make like $10 in an hour just sitting out here. Just people just give you money. Right? Yeah. So they've caught on to that and are out there just trying to make money. I don't know how many of them are like homeless, but they can absolutely be hungry or any of those kind of things. But um, squeegee boys and panhandlers and homeless and, you know, what people going through mental crises, these are, it's a spectrum of issues and there's not one answer to it, but that doesn't mean like, well, just fuck it and move them, get them out of here. Right. Mm. We need to tackle the issue head on. I hope that Baltimore can someday, you know, find a, a political leader to push those things. And this new young mayor that we have, he seems like a cool dude. And I hope that he comes with some innovative policy. I really do hope that, but the history of Baltimore, when the last mayor we had, Catherine Pugh, was like fucking making people buy her books to, to curry favor politically and doing all this fucking tax evasion and everything. Um, there's been a lot of people that have come through Baltimore and and taken the job only to bleed the system. So um, I'm hoping that that can change. And when that changes, we can look for a change on the ground level. But uh, yeah, that was my affirmative murder this week, the murder of Jacqueline Smith. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stick around. Welcome back. It's my turn to go. Um, I got a bit of a s- different story this week. Um, okay. Not one about traditional type of murder stories. This one um, is about Marvin Hemeyer. Marvin John Hemeyer. Um, the white guy from South Dakota. Mm. This was a uh, he didn't kill anybody. He he ended up killing himself. So okay. this is a, a suicide story. Um, so here we go. So Marvin Hemeyer was born on October twenty eighth, nineteen fifty one, in South Dakota, and and lived in Grand Lake, Colorado. Now you may have heard. I think I've seen or just read bits and parts of this story. So let me know if if it sounds familiar. Whenever I get to sure something that you recognize. If I do, I it won't be. I won't get. Don't to, blow won't my get, story. Up. I got you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working on me, man. 2020. I'm. This is. I'm reflecting. I'm, I'm working on myself. Man. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. So he was born. Uh. He's born in South Dakota and lived in Grand Lake, Colorado, about 16 miles away from um Granby, according to a neighbor. He might have moved to town more than 10 years before the before this incident. His friend stated that he had no relatives in Granby, Grand Lake area. John Baldry, a friend of He said that uh. He was like he was a likable person. Mm-hmm. He Meyer's brother Ken stated that he would bend over backwards for anybody. However, while many people describe He Meyer as um, an affable person, local resident Christy Baker claimed that her husband was threatened by He Meyer after refusing to pay for a disputed muffler repair. Oh no! Baker said he her husband later paid He Meyer hundred hundred twenty four dollars. Um, after this whole dispute happened. So that's what Hemeyer does? He fixes cars and mufflers and stuff? Or? Um, I think he had a shop. Okay. He had a shop and oh, it was just like a side job. He didn't I don't think got it, it was got his it. thing, but yeah. whatever the guy didn't, you know. He didn't um, pay. He didn't like, pay. So in nineteen ninety two, Hemeyer purchased two acres of land from um the Resolution Trust Corporation. It's a 
good year. The federal the federal agency organized to handle that. Um, the federal agency organized to handle the assets of, fa- of failed savings and loan associations for forty two thousand dollars to build a muffler shop. He subsequently agreed to sell the land to Cody um, Dushef to build. You know the story, <laughs> Cody Dushef, uh, to build a concrete bl- uh, batch plant in Mountain Park. Mountain Park Concrete for $250,000. According to Susan Duchef, Heemeyer uh, changed his mind and, dis- and increased the price to $375,000, then to a deal worth approximately $1 million. Mm. Some believe that this negotiation happened before the rezoning proposal was heard by the town council. In 2001, Granby Zone Zoning Commission and trustees approved the construction um, of the concrete plant. Hemeyer unsuccessfully appealed the, um, the decision, claiming the construction blocked access to his shop. Mm-hmm. He was subsequently fined $2,500 by the town council and a city judge for various violations, including not being hooked up to the sewer line. Mm-hmm. He had initially been unable to connect to the new sewer lines um, as the line ran 60 feet away from his property, and the city expected him to pay nearly $80,000 um, cost of laying the connector. Mm-hmm. After the concrete plant was built, the city council denied him the the easement necessary to join the new line underneath it. So, this guy, <laughs> this guy, <laughs> built this fucking modified <laughs> fucking uh tank. hybrid tank and like a, a bulldozer. Yeah. In his own garage. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody watches Fear of the Walking Dead, there's there's this there's this. There's this truck in Fear of the Walking Dead. It's called like an MCAT or something like that. And it's this it's a tank. It's like yeah, an yeah. anti bomb tank. Yeah. And they have this thing where they can pull the lever down and the, the hatch side hatch opens up and guns shoot out of it. Yeah, it's yeah. like a fucking something from Mad Max. Yeah. So he might So picture that. Yeah, He Myers Bulldozer was a modified Kam- Kamatsu D355A, which he referred to as the MK tank in audio recordings. Fitted with uh, makeshift armor plating covering the cabin, engine, and parts of the tracks. In places, this armor was over one foot thick, consisting of 500 PSI Quick Creek, which is concrete mix, sandwiched between sheets of steel, uh, which was acquired from an automotive dealership in, dealer in Denver, to make um, an ad, ad hoc uh, composite armor. This made the machine impervious to small arms fire. Small arms fire and resistant to explosives. I mean, he he built a killing. This machine. dude was, was like he preparing for war. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the the audio recordings are nuts. And then there's a ton of them too. Of him, yeah, of him, the ones they recorded and sent like, to us. Like every day, he would be like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They keep messing with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so three external explosions and more than two hundred rounds of ammunition fired at the bulldozer had no effect on it. That's terrifying, man. For somebody yeah. to have. The ability to build something like that. Well, so are you going to get into what he was doing with this thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're shooting at it. They couldn't do anything. But while they were shooting at it, yeah, yeah, yeah. ooh. <laughs> for, visibility and, uh, for visibility, the bulldozer was fitted with several video cameras linked to two monitors mounted on the vehicle's dashboard. Did you see the inside of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, the dude's a crafty. <laughs> the dude's a handy dude, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had mounted, uh, monitors mounted on the vehicle's dashboard. The cameras were protected on the outside by three-inch shields of clear bulletproof um, um, leaks. Le- I think it's Lexan, um, which is some type of um, thermoplastic that covers it so it won't be uh-huh. damaged. Compressed air nozzles um, were fitted to blow dust away from the video cameras. 
We put little fans around the, around the cameras too. Yeah, uh, just he was just prepared for. Everything. Yes, man. He, he like it's like um, which a lot of you know the stories we do. Mm-hmm. These these criminals don't think they're playing all the way through. Yeah, you can tell this guy sat here before yeah. he even started his construction. Yeah. Everything was like, I need well, this to do is this. A, this is a high intelligence person. Yeah, for sure. I have conversations like this with my dad where I'm like, you know, you know, because my dad was in the streets and I and we'll just have a conversation. We'll just sit there having conversations. I go, a drug dealer on the right, like a successful, if you make a million dollars doing anything, you're pretty fucking smart. Yeah. I don't care what, you got to know marketing. You got to know how the, you know, how the market itself fluctuates. Yeah, yeah. You're an intelligent person. You just had... This is the route you took. Yeah. Right? So this dude is a smart dude. Yeah. But he decided to make a Mad Max uh, <laughs> tank. Yeah. Uh, so onboard fans and an air conditioner were um, used to keep Heemeyer cool while driving. He had made three gun ports fitted with 50 caliber rifle, um, a 308 semi-automatic rifle, excuse me, and a 22 LR rifle. All fitted with one and a half inch thick um, steel plates. And a fifty caliber rifle is no fucking joke. I mean, it looked like he, like it kind of like he duck for me, like he duct taped these guns into this machine. Yeah, well, he probably blew his blew a lot of his budget ba- making everything fucking else. I mean, but still, I mean, <laughs> and still duct tape though, is very useful. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I'm saying that me just looking at it, I'm like, he, sure. it probably was more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm yeah. just saying for me looking at it, it's like. This guy got guns and shit in here, set yeah. up, duct tape around that's just pointed out of these out of little holes, holes and yeah. shit. Um, so he might apparently had no intention of leaving the cabin once he entered it. Mm-hmm. Authorities initially speculated that he may have used a homemade crane found in his garage to lower the armor um, hole over the dozer himself. Which is, uh, that's wild. Once he tipped the lid shut, he knew he wasn't getting out. Mm. Investigators searched the garage where they believed that Heemeyer that built the vehicle and found cement and um, armor steel. So it says, it is interesting, it's interesting to observe that I was never caught, Heemeyer wrote. This was a part-time project over a year and a half time period. He was surprised that several men who had visited the shed later yeah. that previous year had noticed the modified bulldozer, especially with the 2,000-pound the Lift fully exposed. Somehow their vision was clouded. He had a girlfriend too. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Like, it's a little side project I'm doing. What is it? You yeah. Know, a dinosaur. I mean, what are, what are you going to... You know, I take that back. Not for me. Take... If I saw it, I wouldn't think, oh, you planning to ruin... You planning to do something crazy with this. Yeah. I'd just be like, oh, this is... That's cool, just I guess. making a little it's tank. Just, yeah. I guess. Until you see, maybe they saw it without the rifles and shit pointing out of it. You know, yeah, but if you look at that, if you look at the like anybody who's listening to this, pull up the thing. Pull yeah, up yeah. Th- this guy's name is Marvin Hemeyer. Pull it up. You go. You're not gonna do anything nice with it. This is not a nice. What are you gonna do with this? You're not gonna help people with this machine. You just go. Oh, I guess that's just Marvin doing his thing. Yeah, and I feel like he's the type of dude who he's not gonna lie to you. He'll go. Oh, I'm planning on getting justice against all the people that have wronged me. And you go. Oh, okay, Marvin. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's go get a beer. You just, you just laugh I off that. Guess. That shit is wild, though. Um, so on June 4th, 2004, Heemeyer drove his armored bulldozer through the wall of his former business, the concrete plant, the town hall, the office of local newspaper that um, editorialized against him, the home of a former mayor in which the mayor's widow then resided, and a hardware store owned by another man Heemeyer named in a lawsuit, 
as well as few others. The whole time. He Meyer also he he drove into like a police station, a bank, a bank. <laughs> um, so as well as a few others, He Meyer has had leased his business his business to a trash company and sold the property several months before the ramp the rampage for a lot of money too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the attack lasted for two hours and seven minutes, damaging thirteen. Damaging thirteen buildings, knocking out several gas station, several gas service services to the town hall and the concrete plant, damaging a truck and destroying part of the utility service service center. Now, the concrete that building that he had the problem with, that's I think tipped him over the edge. Uh-huh. He did the most damage to that. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but if you guys haven't heard this, go look up on YouTube. He just drove this shit down the street in in the oh, city. Man. Yeah. It was well, just, not a city, a town. A town. And so just everything was, was close. Yeah. <laughs> everything and just, was close. And just running over cars this and thing buildings. This thing moving through buildings like butter. They evacuated a local school and took all the kids to yeah, like... Yeah, I, a, I, oh, yeah, oh, I'll oh, get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he destroyed the part of a utility, utility service center. Despite the great damage to property, no one besides um, Heemeyer was killed in the event... Um, so he he did commit suicide inside of this this tank. However, the modified bulldozer came bulldozer came to known as the Killdozer after the name of the short story by Theodore Sturgeon. Um, I think it was a guy who wrote um he wrote some scripts for like Star Trek. So, mm. so some people know who he is. The damage was estimated at seven million dollars, which could have been worse. Could have been way for worse. Than sure. That. This whole thing. Let me just point this out. This whole thing could have been worse than what it was. Oh yeah. I mean, people could. Nobody died. People could have died. Absolutely, he was, <laughs> it was collapsing buildings. It was crazy. Um, so according to the and gr- shooting guns, he was shooting people. Yeah, he was shooting. So according to the uh, Grand County Commissioner James Newberry, emergency dispatchers used the reverse nine one one emergency system to notify many residents and property owners of the rampage going on in the town. Defenders um, of Heat Myers um, contended that he made a point of not hurting anybody during his bulldozer rampage. Oh. Luckily. So Ian Daltrey, a bake a bakery owner, said he might went out of his way not to harm anyone. Others offered different views. Uh, the sheriff's department argued that the fact that no one was injured was not due to good intent. Like yeah. agree, uh, not not due to good intent as much as to good luck. He might had installed two rifles and firing ports on the inside of the bulldozer and fired fifteen bullets from his rifle at a power transformers and propane tanks. <laughs> Uh, so he had these tanks raptured and exploded. Anyone within one and a half mile from the explosives could have been endangered. The sheriff's department said 12 police officers and residents of a senior citizen complex were within such range. He might fire many bullets from his semi-automatic rifle at Cody Dushef when Dushef tried to stop the assault on his concrete plant by using a wheel tractor scrapper. Um, which was pushed away by um, He Myers Bulldozer. And then they have the they have a, cl- the, a video clip of that. They just went, I don't know what they thought this thing was going to yeah. do. Because he just nothing moved that, out, yeah, he just moved that out the way. This thing was a juggernaut. Like, it, there, <laughs> nothing was, they didn't have anything in that town that they could put in front of that that would stop it. No. So which was pushed um, aside by He Myers Bulldozer. Later, He Myers fired um, on two state patrol officers before they had fired at him. The sheriff's department also noted that 11 of the 13 buildings he might bulldoze were occupied until moments before the destruction. At the library, for example, a children's program was in progress with where the incident began. Mm-hmm. One officer dropped a flashbang grenade down the bulldozer's exhaust pipe 
with no apparent effect. Local and state patrol, um, including the SWAT team, walked behind, walked behind and beside the bulldozer, occasionally firing, but the armed bulldozer was impervious to their shots. That is crazy for shit going like, and then you guys are just like, where the fuck are we? How do we stop this? Yeah, you just throw it's anything just at shooting it. and it's just ricocheting all over the place. And um, yeah, so the uh, so they attempt to disable the bulldozer's cameras with gunfire. With gunfire fed as the bullets were unable to penetrate the three-inch bulletproof plastic. At one point, undersheriff Glenn Tra- Trainer climbed climbed atop the bulldozer and rode it like a a bronkbuster, trying to figure out a way to get a bullet inside the dragon. However, he was forced to jump off to avoid um, being hit with debris. At this point, local authorities at the Colorado State Patrol feared that they were running out of options in the terms of fire of firepower. At that and that, Heemeyer was also would soon turn against civilians in Granby. Governor Bill Owens allegedly considered authorizing a National Guard to use either a attack helicopter, which is like a military-style military helicopter um, that has, like, fucking... Uh, like bullets the size of uh, yeah. Subway sandwiches. Yes, that they was going to... And that would be... That would have been a terrible idea. Yeah. It would have been a disaster. It would have been insane. Um... Yeah, so a tech helicopter equipped with Hellfire missiles or a two-man fire team equipped with a um, Javelin anti-tank, which is anti-tank missile, which is one of those. Um, like a, like it's a, like a, like a heat-seeking. A detach. It's like a heat, it's like a detached fucking missile launcher that you just pull that they usually just hook on the back of like a tractor or like some type of armored truck. Yeah, they also early on I remember because there's a documentary which I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll talk about after you finish, but they had a guy come out and he had a fifty cal. Yeah, and he was banging it, but it just wasn't doing. It wasn't a regular gun. Even the fifty caliber rifle, it it just was doing nothing. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so they was equipped with the javelin anti tank missile to destroy the bulldozer. That was quickly deemed unnecessary when Hemeyer became trapped in the basement of a Gamble's hardware store. As late as 2011, Governor Owen's staff still um, denied considering such a course of action. But since then, members of the state patrol revealed that. To the contrary, the governor did consider authorizing an attack, but ultimately decided against it due to the potential potential for collateral damage of a missile striking in the heart of a heart of Granby being significantly higher than what Hemeyer could have caused with the bulldozer. Mm-hmm. I mean, this that would have just it would have been a oh, this would have been a story. Zone. This would have been a story that like lived in infamy in the in the history of this country. Yeah, because they shot a. It would be like um, I'm not going to get into the details of the move of the move uh, militia in Philadelphia, but they dropped a fucking bomb on those people. It was like this Philadelphia, um, like a like a Black Panther style. Group. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah, they leveled that. the whole block. Yeah, 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 they dropped a bomb. That was like recently. What? That was in the '80s. It was the '80s. Oh, I yeah. thought somebody that something happened. But recently. I mean, those okay. when those kind. I mean, nobody talks about that anymore. But it, if it would have happened in this fucking little town, they dropped a fucking bomb on a, on this town. If they got a, a attack helicopter to sit over a small town and just shoot missiles. Oh, it would be. Like they said, it would have been far more damaged than yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, so two problem, two problems arose as he might have destroyed the Gamble's hardware store. The radiator of the bulldozer had been damaged and the engine was leaking various fluids and ga- and Gamble's had a small basement. The bulldozer, bulldozer's engine failed and he might have dropped one tread into the basement but could not get out. So he was stuck. He was stuck. About a minute later, one of the SWAT team members who had swarmed around the machine reported hearing a single sh- gunshot from inside the sealed cabin. It was later determined that Heemeyer had shot himself in the head with a 357 caliber handgun. Mm. 
Police first used explosives in an attempt to remove the steel plates, but after the third explosion failed, they cut through with um, some type of cutting torch yeah. that cuts through metal or whatever. Welding torch. Yeah, yeah. Um, Grand County Emergency um, Management Director Jim Holland, Hollenhan stated that authorities were able to um, access, remove, access and remove Hemeyer's body at 2 a.m. on June 5th. So on April 19, 2005, the town announced plans to s- scrap Hemeyer's bulldozer. So they was like, hey, get this. we can't shit. have this happen again. Somebody take get all their these, hands on this. Take all these pieces and just scatter them around yeah. so people can't put this shit together. They did this shit like it was the Infinity Gauntlet. Like, that look, shit is this will, we will, No one will ever get their hands on this weapon of mass destruction. Again, take the treads uh, off, yeah. send them to Alaska, break this thing down so no one can ever do this evil again. I thought, it was, I thought that was pretty funny. And I bet you if you they hear any word in that town, it's like, oh, you know, Frank's building a car. They send the police out there every oh, week to sure. be like, what are you building? Yep. So the plan involved um, dispersing individual pieces to many separate scrapyards to prevent souvenir taking um, or copycat. Yeah. Uh, in addition to writings that he left on the wall of his shed, he might record a number of audio tapes explaining his motivation for the attack. He mailed those to his brother in South Dakota shortly before stepping into his bulldozer. He brother turned the tapes over to the FBI who in turn sent them to the Grand County Sheriff's Department. The tapes were released by the Grand County Sheriff's Office on August 31st, 2004. The tapes are about two and a half hours in length. The first recording was made on April 13th in 2004. The last recording was made 13 days before the rampage on May 22nd. He said, God God built me for this job, Uh Hemeyer said in his first recording. He also said it was God's plan that he not... (laughs) that he not be married or mm-hmm. having a family so that he could be in a position to carry out such an attack. Mm-hmm. I thank God will bless me to get the machine done, to drive it, to do the stuff that I want, that I have to do. He said, God bless me in advance for the task that I am about to undertake. Yeah. It is my duty. God asked me to do this. Um, it's a cross that I'm going to carry and I'm carrying it in God's name. Investigators later found Hemeyer's handwritten list of targets. According to the police, it included the buildings he destroyed, the local Catholic church, um, which he did not damage. Uh-huh. I guess he just didn't get there. Um, and the names of various people who had cited against him in the in the past disputes. Yeah. Notes found by investigators after the incident indicated that the primary motivation for the bulldozer rampage was his plan to stop the concrete plant from being built near his shop. Those notes indicated that he had he held grudges over the zoning approval. I was always willing to re- I was always willing to be reasonable until I had to be unreasonable. He wrote. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes reasonable man must do unreasonable things. He Haymeyer's words later became a meme in the far right extremist. Um, what is it, the Bugalo? The Bugalo. The Bugalo movement. Mm-hmm. Um, as I become unreasonable now. That, now the Bugalo movie is a is a far right. people, right? They see now. This is not the first time that those type of organizations, um, what's the term I want to use? Hijack yeah. some type of no, <laughs> symbol look, or yeah, yeah. some type of uh, phrase. Yeah. It's like what? Yeah, because this dude, there's a documentary about it called, yeah, yeah. called Tread on Netflix. Yes, from, which came out in, uh, was a 2020 documentary film based on the rampage. Yeah, such yeah. a good documentary, right? If you watch the documentary, up until he starts fucking destroying this town with this death machine he made, you kind of get it. I mean, he's talking some crazy shit, but he basically was getting fucked by these two rich families 
who wanted to buy his building yeah. and then use the bureaucracy of the town of like, yeah, you can't hook up to this. You got to hook up to this and we're going to fine you every day. And it was costing them all this money. Yeah, yeah. He was also being kind of dickish and arrogant about the deal. He didn't want to sell. He thought he could get this much money and all this kind of stuff. But you kind of get like, oh, they're using these little lo- loopholes and stuff to try to fuck me. Yeah. So you kind of get it, right? Mm. And I could understand a group like those Boogaloo boys being like, he just wants rights to his property and his freedom amendments and his his constitutional rights. And yeah. they use all that to justify being like, and that's why Mexican people shouldn't come here. Yeah. So we're like fucking Marvin uh, Heheimer or yeah. whatever his name is, right? <laughs> he and he become, <laughs> now they got his bulldozer on on yeah. uh, 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 board uh, signs and holding his picture up like, we're him. We just want to. We just want our right to property and yeah. civil liberties and all this kind of. I understand, but like you said, yeah, they hijack it. And this guy, I don't know whether if he was a racist dude. I don't know any of that stuff. I just know he felt like this bureaucracy of this town was fucking him out of his land and his yeah. money. Yeah, and he. But nuts. He felt like he was being constitutionally wrong. Yeah, and he felt like the only right he the only way that he saw yeah. was to. Bear arms, like the Second Amendment says, yeah. which is a lot of what these dudes say. It's like, in order for me to get you to respect my constitutional rights, I need to use weaponry. Yeah. Like our our founding fathers said yeah. is the kind of shit he's talking about on this documentary. And then the last 20 minutes of that shit is fucked because they got all the footage and the you know everything. It's nuts. I want to see it. He also destroyed the, the, the town hall also. Oh, he was, fucked was, everything yeah. up, man. <laughs> and they just, they had nothing that could touch that yeah. machine. But like you said, there is um a documentary called Tread um, that so you can watch. Good. But that was my story. I just thought, uh, I saw this, I was like, what the fuck is that? I, didn't, I think I've seen somewhere, but I didn't read into the whole story of exactly what drove him to do this. Yeah. But like you said, he was pissed. Yeah. He wanted to get, he just, he kind of, he, he still was crazy because he ended up, you know, no, no. like, oh, fuck let this. Me be clear. I'm going to just take, I'm gonna, he killed himself, committed suicide. Damn everything. I understand the things I said about second amendment. Yeah. The dude was f- f- cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, yeah. But luckily that, this whole thing could have been far worse than what it was. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, people could, a lot of people could have been hurt. Yes. He's shooting that fucking. Uh, electric uh, boxes and the shit. The town was and, contemplating blowing, just fucking blowing up everything. Shit was wild. For him to be planning to have a garage and be building this shit for a year and a half, shit like that scares me, man, because you don't know what what people are planning. Or, well, especially yeah, out there in those, like, kind of... Small big, towns? Yeah, small towns with a lot of land. Yeah, yeah Colorado, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, somebody's just on a farm, no neighbors for miles. You can hear, they have all kind of machinery. Nobody's asking questions like, damn, what the hell kind of machine is, what is he yeah, doing yeah. over there? He just is left to his own devices. The people that come, they're like, that's just Marvin, you know? Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm building a thing, too. I'm re- I'm building a train. You know, they all just out there building <laughs> shit, got welding materials and yeah. shit. They all go to home. You know, Home Depot is like heaven in places like that, which I envy in a way. Any, there's something, listen, there's something just, uh, I respect a man who I see, and he, and he looks at something, he goes, yeah, I'm going to build a shed. You know, I just, I respect, and it's like, they go, what do you do for a living? Oh, no, I, I mean, I work at a bank, but I just, you know, I'm just good with my hands. Everybody out there is, can just do that. I'm going to build a pool from scratch. I'm going to rent, I'm going to rent a bulldog. They know how to do stuff like that. I'm yeah. going to go rent I, I, this machinery. Yeah, not that confident to do something like that. No. Put like, uh, a hybrid tank? Yeah, no. 
I mean, he this thing is not smaller. No, he put a little cam. I mean, everything about it is nuts. But he put bulletproof. <laughs> where do you get bulletproof resin from? I don't even know where you get the material to make bulletproof glass. He got guns inside. Man, he could have went and was. He could have just went and. Oh, he could have said, people. "I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill everybody yeah, in this town," and just and done so successfully. It would. He. The only thing that stopped him was him getting stuck and like him running over a building. Nobody in that, <laughs> and that should haunt those people every day. Yeah, like, we didn't stop him. He. He uh, accident. God saved <laughs> that town is the most religious town in America. Probably they're like that was an act of God because nobody was stopping him. That's terrifying, man. It would have had to have been like Godzilla versus Mothra, like a a fucking a, a, a U.S. Army tank would have had to come and they would have just had to duke it out. Yeah. Now my money would have been on the U.S. Army tank, but this thing was well because they think shoot missiles. That's what I'm saying. Just, thing yeah, right yeah, over yeah. It, it, but it, it would have been the war. It would have been a fight. The tank <laughs> wouldn't have just man. beat the, it. Would, it wouldn't have been Nate Robinson versus Jake Paul. It, the tank would have put up a fight. It would have been a draw. That would have been a war, that man. Yeah, that yeah. small town would have been ruined. Oh, it been been still... right Everything would have been smoldering, and people would have been covered in ash and soot, and they would have had to evacuate. Oh, it would have been a mess, man. It been that thing could have turned out way worse than oh, what it yeah, was. Yeah, no. uh, fortunately, it didn't. Uh, but that was my Thank story. Of Marvin, Marvin Heheimer. But y'all need to look that. If y'all haven't seen it, please look it up. Because that's like Heimeyer. the fact that he had the time and the materials. And the, the ability to, yeah. and the talent to do something like that is wild. He he said, y'all keep fucking with me. Not I'm going to go on a shooting spree or no. something, you know, like uh, John Lee Malvo from D- the DC Sniper. Yeah, yeah. It's like he he drilled a hole in the back of a Buick. It was a yeah. it was a terrifying exactly. strategy that worked. Yeah. Because nobody knew where the bullets were coming from. Right. But instead of doing that, he was like. Oh, I'm gonna build a death machine, yeah. and I'm gonna just I'm gonna just blow y'all shit. I'm gonna just ruin y'all. Yeah, shit. I'm just, just gonna destroy. Over. I'm gonna do the most petty thing ever and destroy all the businesses yeah. that I feel like did me wrong. Yeah, and then I'm gonna kill myself so I can't. I can't ask me. Y'all no not get any answers nothing. or nothing. Yeah, man. So that was my story. I, I thought it was a pretty uh, He Meyer. Yeah, Marvin He Meyer. Marvin He Meyer. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well. uh... Let's get into these good vibes. I don't really know. I don't even have any questions. That story is so confounding and crazy and um, and and funny in ways and terrifying in ways that it that there's nothing else that needs to be said. Well done, good choice. Uh, but let's jump into these good vibes. Welcome back, people. It's now time for our good vibe segment. Um, it's always we always like to hear good vibe stories. Yes. And um, this worked, this, this, year. this worked perfect for us because this is like we record this on a Sunday, so it's like the the ending of the beginning of the week. Yes. So it's perfect for us. Um, I know you guys hear it at the beginning of your week, so I hope it starts a Mondays is usually everybody's worst day of the week. Yeah. Really. Um, everybody hates Mondays. Everybody hates Mondays. So, um, but this week this week's episode wasn't really. Heavy hearted too much. No, I um, mean, I mean, obviously, except for the yeah, 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 except for the death of um, a friend of ours. His it's mom. Prayers to the Davis family. Man. Yeah, um, so I'm gonna give, again give my condolences to him. Um, but my good vibe story this week is about a generous boss um, gives 12.7 million to his staff, saying thank you as he retires. Mm. That's what I call a good boss yeah, who knows, who recognizes that without People. his staff, he wouldn't be where he is or making the money that that he's making the people i give all respect to the person with the vision yeah but if you undercount the value of the people and the labor and and hiring people that want to work hard for you and giving them a reason to work hard for you yes by believing in you and respecting you and liking you 
That's invalid. You can't put a price on that. Right. People will work harder for you if they appreciate if they feel appreciated. Exactly. Exactly. I don't I don't work at Amazon, but that's not what I hear. No, nah, man. I hear about them <laughs> pissing in bottles and it's all that. Yeah, it's not a I'm hearing, you know, I'm not hearing great things yeah. about the Amazon yeah. working. Condition. And the boss makes too much goddamn money. Yeah, like imagine imagine working at a place where you go, oh man, they gave me a two-minute lunch break. I had to eat it while I was working at yeah. the same time. And then every day it's like, Jeff Bezos is worth another $4 billion today. He's now again the richest man in the world. He broke his own record from last week. Yeah, it's He's like, the richest man again. Yeah, it's not. you're not telling me that you know, if you helping out your employees or your company or whatever, mm-hmm. it's going to hurt your pocket. Even, if, but no, back but even if it hurts your pocket a little bit, the... The publicity and the appreciation yes. of the pe- if it'll people, it'll come back to you. Exactly. Like I don't now. Again, I don't. I'm not. I don't discount that Jeff Bezos clearly is a visionary and has thought of a way to get products out to people in uh, such a way that is insanely uh, effective and everything. Yeah. But if nobody was delivering these packages, fuck UPS. If nobody was <laughs> delivering these packages, then then you'd have a terrible rating. Nobody would want to use you. Yeah. Like if, if if your system that you created in your mind wasn't being implemented by the people nobody would want to get prime and next day two-day shipping and everything right it's the people that make that happen that's who put us on the doorsteps right so when a person retires after many years of service they traditionally receive a car full of farewell wishes for their colleagues and often a thoughtful gift a framed photo of a large uh, bouquet of uh or a large bouquet of flowers perhaps that tradition had been turned on his head at one UK company, the boss is retiring and he's gi- gifting <clears throat> ten million. What's 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 in the UK? What is that? What's their currency called? Euros, probably. Okay, so that's worth twelve point seven million in US currency mm-hmm. to his employee to his employees as a goodbye, as as a goodbye while he's leaving. Yeah. Um. So Davis Davis Stevens is the chief the chief the chief executive of of Admiral chief executive of Admiral the successful Wales. Wales-based motor insurance company that's been listed on the London Stock Exchange since 2004. Mm. He co-founded the business with his wife, Heather, in 1991. Starting with a team of just 57, they now have 7,500 staff in the south of Wales and 3,000 overseas in the U.S., Spain, Italy, France, India, and Canada. Full-time workers will get $1,200 and part-time staff will receive $635. The the 58-year-old CEO explained to the BBC, 58 years old, man. That's a young retiree. (laughs) 58 years old. That's a young retiree. Explained to the BBC BBC saying, thank you to all Admiral staff. um, And and this way way is the right thing to do. We are proud and fortunate to have worked with such special group of people. Stevens isn't the only business person to to do good recently. After four decades of making secret donations, the Irish-American... Duty-free shopping billionaire Chuck Feeney has uh, managed to give away his entire fortune at the age of 89. Mm. Um, so they do have videos of, of just the guy talking. Just I guess it was his thank you to his employees. Sure. Because um, he wouldn't be able to do what live he the did life that he life lives. without his workers. Absolutely. Um, who is essentially the uh, foundation of, of, your business. of your business. So shout out to him. I think that's pretty cool to give back. That's what made people would go. I like working here. Yeah, absolutely. I think, but see, the, the sad thing is, I think that the capitalist sentiment is labor is replaceable, right? So you go, well, what does it matter if they like me as long as they put the packages on the doorstep yeah. or you know make the pencil or you know you know whatever, whatever it is that they do in masses. 
it, another person can, can come do this job. Yeah. But th- wh- why wouldn't you want somebody who's going to do that job a thousand percent to their fullest ability because they know that the company that they work for got has their back, it respects them, appreciates their work. When you feel appreciated at your job, you do you work harder at your job. Yeah. I don't think that that's a philosophy that is 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 foolish or something like that. Yeah. You know. I also also heard somewhere of a guy who was a businessman and he was like um he owns a bit I can't remember who it was, but he was like you want to treat your employees like like you some most most boss bosses want their employees to grow, mm-hmm. want them to go out and do their own thing. Unfortunately, at some point, absolutely. Um, but he said you want to you want to treat them like you don't want them to leave. You, I mean, you do want people to grow, yeah. but you kind of, you're supposed to treat them like you don't want them to leave. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, treat them treat them with respect. Treat them like they have value. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, it's just. I mean, obviously, you if you know if you're if you're making a job that doesn't pay a lot of money, you would want that person to you know reach the ceiling of this job and feel like feel inspired by working at your job that they go i do like it here but maybe i could open up one of these exactly. you know and then they move on yeah happy and satisfied and appreciative of the lesson that they learn working for yeah. you but you don't want them to, you don't want to just be like well you know you don't make a lot of money here so you can just get the fuck out yeah you know and we, i'm gonna treat you as such if you left today i'll have another person in here tomorrow you know you want somebody to feel like man you know what i am in a position to open up my own business right now but I'm gonna give it another month or two. Yeah, because I don't want to. I don't want to let my boss down. Right. I don't want to leave him high and dry like that and have him have to go find a new me. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna make sure I let him be in position to be okay without me before I make my move. Yeah. You want that? You some employees don't even. Some employees will do that even if they hate their boss. They go. This is. It's just who they are. Yeah. They go. You know. I'll hang around so you find somebody else. I can train them and yeah. then I'll go. Yeah. They don't have to do that at, at all. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So respect to him. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me get his name again. I'm sorry. Yeah, man, giving uh, out twelve hundred dollars and six hundred dollars. I mean, did I say his name? David Stevens was yeah. his name. Yeah, yeah. We can't even get that from the government here in America. You know what I mean? Like, imagine if everybody who worked for like a conglomerate, like a Walmart or an Amazon, yeah. if they got a stimulus from their own business, from their own employer. You yeah. know, even five hundred dollars, something. You know, just That'd to go. Hey, man, way, man. Thanks, thanks for being a loyal employee. Sorry that this year has been so crazy. Here's a little Christmas bonus. That's not going to hurt your business at all. Come on, bro. It's just, it's just <laughs> at all. Come on, man. At times like these, and again, I say the, not that it, it shouldn't matter, but the publicity that you get, yeah, from being a good a good person, a kind person who also is worth billions of dollars. Who I don't think anybody should be worth billions of dollars, but if you are, That's insane. It, yeah, what do you what do you need with a billion? It's, it's ridiculous, man. If you if it you. <laughs> If you are known as a person who turns around and gives that back, people will come to Walmart more. Yeah. People that don't shop there will go, yep, I like that person. Yes. I mean, it's it's, anyway. Good vibes. Um, My good vibes story this week is about a mom who paid for multiple strangers' uh, groceries on a whim just because she wanted to bring smiles to people's faces. Comfort food is something everyone can appreciate. More than simply sustenance for, for our bodies... Comfort food nourishes the soul and spirit. Now, one New Hampshire woman is taking the concept to a new level, supplying comfort groceries in random acts of kindness to her neighbors. The COVID-19 pandemic has brought the stress and food anxiety to tables where it's never been felt before, but it's also heightened the opportunity to be able to give back in ways that are immediate and meaningful. After a generous community turnout, that included gifts and a drive-by parade, 
turned her son Thomas's seventh birthday celebration from doubtful to epic, Brandy Bisson took a nation or took a notion to pay the goodwill forward. She said, she said, quote, on a whim, the mother of three laid out $600 of her own hard earned dollars to purchase groceries for eight people that she had never met with the pandemic and everything. And I'm oh, sorry, with the pandemic and everything and all the election stuff, I just wanted to bring smiles to people. She told WMUR nine, having been on the giving and receiving end of the equation, even though she's not wealthy, Bisson learned from her mom's positive example that giving back is its own reward. We've been on both sides of the spectrum. She said, it's not a good feeling when you don't know where you're going to get food for your kids. Mm. Bisson's impromptu act of kindness would have gone unremarked except perhaps by their recipients. Oops, remark except perhaps by their recipients had not an observant uh, store employee recorded the good deeds and posted them to social media. So she also wasn't out here like, Hey, I'm buying your groceries, camera in your face, yeah. a stand, a passerby at the store saw it and recorded it, which I, you know, I like that as uh, well. Me too. Um, uh, this week in the spirit of Thanksgiving, Bisson will further spread the love by supplying holiday meals for two families in need in her community, but she isn't stopping there. She says she's also planning to continue her random acts of groceries when she can, when she can, and hopes others who see her story will be inspired to do the same. Well, Miss Bisson, I am incredibly, incredibly inspired by that information and that that act of kindness. Uh, as I've been saying to people on here, in, in the name of affirmative murder, uh, we've been able to raise over twelve hundred dollars. We're around fourteen hundred dollars um, to be going to some people to help stock the Maryland um, food pantry. Mm. And um, that brings me great joy. Um, I the I was given a, a link to somebody from a listener of a website on where you can sponsor a family for Christmas. Okay. And I'm going to look into doing that because, like I said a couple years ago, I, I did the, uh, the, elf, the elf thing where you, you know, sort out the toys for kids. But I would like to personally... Uh, affect a person where I know, like, hey, this is the person. You know, so how does that work? I think they have like a pool money? of names, oh. a pool of people, and they go like, this is your family that you're gonna sponsor, and you know, get them stuff within these categories. No more than this. Oh, you much gotta go money. out and get yourself. Yeah, oh. or you could, it could be gift cards and stuff. But I think they have like, you can't just don't just give them ten thousand dollars. I mean, I'm sure they you can, but they go to to make it more applicable to the average person. They gotcha. go, you don't have to give any more than twenty five dollars a gift. So you just gotta like go and. Get it, wrap it up, and send it. Yeah, to them? probably you know, put it in the mail or something like that. Oh, okay, I, have, I don't have all the, the okay. details yet, but I will. I'll, I'll do some more research, and maybe next episode I'll come in and give the details. Um, again, I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Miss Bisson. Let me um, get her full name real quick. A uh, Brandy Bisson. She was in, she was um, so her heart was so moved by um, the town coming together for her, seventh, her son's seventh birthday celebration that it inspired her to go out and do good onto the world. Mm. And she's going out and just, again, I haven't done it in some time, but, you know, um, if, if, if you're in a position like a Dunkin' Donuts, for example, you can go, what's the person behind me's total? Yeah. That's not something you can do everywhere, you know, because you don't, now with how the grocery stores are right now, this is pretty crazy to me. I think I like it, but everybody's so masked up and you want to get out and not cause a hang up that to hang around 
while somebody's getting their groceries scanned after you've already paid for yours, I feel like people would be like, uh, do you need something? Or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but I like that she is doing that. And, and it, it inspires me to try to do something like it in my own right. And um, I just think that this is these are the kind of actions and the kind of people that we need right now in 2020 and going into 2021. Yeah. Just looking out for your fellow person next to you and just saying, hey, you need a hand. You OK? I got you. Yeah. You know, uh, but uh, yeah, man, uh, those are the good vibes. Let's see. Um, we we recommended Tread to people. People should definitely check out Tread. I love that yeah. fucking documentary. Um, I saw this on the podcast. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. We have listen, suggestions. I listened to, uh, it's a podcast I heard. I was listening to, um, I told you I listened to This Is an Important Podcast with um, the guys from uh, Workaholics or mm-hmm. whatever. And, you know, you know, they get the ads come up. And then it was another podcast that came up. It's called Stuff You Should Know Podcast. Stuff you should know. Yeah, it's just like they go on, these these two guys, and they just like, the, the titles of it is like, you know, the one I listened to was like squirrels, and it was like a they had like a short episode of just like squirrel, like stuff you should know about squirrels. Yeah, and I was oh, like, okay. let me listen to that. Just to I see. like that. That's yeah, yeah. And I was like, because you you know squirrels is like it. you see them, but it's just like what whatever they? they just. Yeah. What is a squirrel? So it's two yeah. types of squirrels. You got the tree squirrel, uh-huh. and you got your land squirrel. Oh wow! Okay. So tree tree squirrels are the ones that hibernate. Sure. Land squirrels don't hibernate. out all year. They out all year. They have to survive during the winter time. Yeah. And then. I found out that these the squirrels do they do two things. They're like since they got a, they got a small brain, right? So they got to they do like shortcuts to try to remember stuff. Oh. So these like the good nuts that they they eat uh-huh. or have, they got these like different kinds of nuts. So they got the good nuts. They'll put them in a certain area, stack them up. They just like bury them underground, whatever. Got it. Okay. And the bat or whatever, just like the not as good nuts, uh-huh. they put them in a different area. So if they go to each area, they know these are all bad. The, these are the okay nuts. Wow. These are the good nuts, right? <laughs> so I can't remember the term, but that's what they use that. Yeah. And then they do a trick where you got other squirrels watching them uh-huh. when they bury their nuts. So they do a trick where they, like they put it in their mouth. Yeah. And they're like, they're like they're burying, but it's a, it's, a, it's a fake out. Okie doke. And so wow. um, also I learned that wow. squirrels are a big reason why we have trees. Okay. They bury nuts. Oh, and then the tree grows, but the, the acorn got it. Wow! I was like, I was like, that was like stuff Damn. you should know. <laughs> yeah, stuff you should wow. know. Wow! I was like, what in the hell? That is actually that is right up my alley. Just yeah, because no random, just random shit. Yeah. And then it was like, because I forgot the percentage. It's like it's like seventy five percent of the nuts that they bury, they forget. Yeah, or something, okay. or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. But the nuts, the acorns, or whatever, is what helps trees grow. They are a big part of why trees grow naturally. Uh, naturally, got it. Wow! I was like, Damn. Wow. Didn't know, man. Shout out to Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought I was like, well, this is cool. Stuff you should know. Stuff you should know. Like, the one yesterday I listened to, I didn't finish it, but it was about fruit flies. Wow. Don't even know anything about fruit flies. <laughs> but they have a connection with humans because of the genetics. It's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. And I'm going to give you one little tip from fruit flies is that they can create a whole new generation in two weeks. Oh, <laughs> like from procreation, like from fucking. Yeah. Wow. Nuts. I, I love this. I, I suggest it. It's called Stuff You Should Know. I will be downloading it. This they, is right in my alley, Yeah, man. man. I, I love it, man. I yeah. love it. They Jeez, have a lot stuff of shit you, Stuff it. You Should Know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. I, I mentioned on air while I was going on my uh, my tirade about UPS. Fuck UPS, of course, by the way. Before we get out of here one more time, I'm dropping more bomb on them. Fuck UPS. Um, I mentioned Voices of Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the most religious person. I am a very spiritual person. I don't know what happens when we die, but... Um, I think something happens when we die, but I don't want to attach it to any one figure, right? But the show Voices of Fire, it's um, by 
I can't remember, I think his name might be Marvin Williams or something. He's Pharrell Williams is Pharrell. He's Pharrell's uncle. Okay. And he is a um runs a ministry mm-hmm. and they're basically doing like American Idol buffer to put together a choir. Okay. And it's it's some one thing that always takes me back cuz my grandmother was big in the church. Yeah. There's something about gospel music. It's different. That just touches your soul. It's different. You know what I mean? It just hits your spirit no matter what religion or what you subscribe to. Um, it's a spiritual revelation whenever you hear that type yeah, yeah, of music. Yeah. And hearing these people on a stage with a you know a small audience of the people who you know the the choir director and all them they're there with their notepads and everything yeah, yeah. and some um, preachers and you know and to hear their spirits be moved as well as your own spirit be moved because you go oh my god you know like these people just singing with such conviction about this person that they believe in Jesus Christ um, it was some of the most beautiful television I've seen. I only watched two episodes, but, and just, if you love singing, which I, I love just the person's ability to be able to sing. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful. Voices of fire on Netflix. It is such a moving, what they're trying to do is they, the guy who's Pharrell Williams's uncle, he has this philosophy that if I put together a congregation and a choir of people from all walks of life, yeah, then my flock will look like that. So if my my if my choir singing and, and moving these people's spirits are trans people and, and Asian people and white people and men and women and 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 disabled people and blind people and if that is the coalition that is my my choir is made up of then I'll get Asian people here they go oh my god this Asian person in the choir yeah Asian people will come black people will come trans people will come and all these different people will come and congregate and worship under the same roof and I think that's such a beautiful concept now. I'm not the biggest fan of religion for many reasons because of just what people have done with religion. Yeah. But that's a concept I 100% can get behind. Yeah. So Voices of Fire on Netflix, I highly recommend mm. that. Um, stuff you should know, I'm going to download that as soon as we <laughs> yeah. finish this. And um, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed their Thanksgiving. Again, it's getting cold. Christmas is around the um, corner. So if you have any uh, possibilities or capabilities to go out and just do something for somebody that's you know that you don't know, I highly recommend and suggest that, man. But um, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.